You are listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Federation, Narm and Great War podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 50mm wargaming with our tongues firm in our cheeks, our pans as flat to the ground and our dice, more often than not, managing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and to shop online at Battlefield Hobbies because Hammy has a 3D printer. If nice dice are your advice, then be sure to check out diceofwar.com.au, a podcast sponsor here at Shoot and Scoot. And if you want to pay for something you can get for free, you can now also become a Patreon supporter by following the link on the Breakthrough Assault blog. Pay £1 a month for your chance to also become internet famous. I'm Eddie Fez-Turner, broadcasting for summer in the south of England, and I'm joined by my co-host Duncan Snoop Dogg Gosling. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. I, I, I've got nothing comical to say about that. Snoop Dogg's a legend. <laughs> and Lee orangutans are not pandas, Parnell. I mean, t- technically, pandas aren't even bears, so you know, it's, it's, we're going to start opening rat kind of worms. Are they not? Are they like koalas? Are they just, you know, yeah, yeah, wannabes? They're, they're not actually bears. They're like, I think they're like oversized monkeys. What? Welcome to episode 44. The one will all be over by Christmas. Lee, what are we talking about tonight? <laughs> tonight we are continuing the bleak existence of lockdown. Um, my first, we'll be looking at <laughs> Internet Famous, with who's um, backed this with something they could have for free. We'll then be going over Faces, Bases, Something and Something as we discuss our painting progress. Then having a look at Faces, Faces and Faces as we actually talk about how we paint um, faces. We're then going to have a new section, Your Army, But You Ain't Paying, where we look at our 100-point Favour Nation Dream Army. Now, Favour Nation's finally forces the people have been listened to i feel like it's a moral victory yeah this is this is, this is our victory guys well done we finally yep. I, I hope we did it Dave. i've I dislocated my shoulder from patting myself on the back so <laughs> it's going to turn into a curse and we'll just be like why did we do it in 10 years time when everything's in ruin it all started here it wasn't covid it was when fate of a nation got on forces of war well i'll tell you what though it's it's it, it's dangerous it's click, dangerous click, click. yeah <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, click, click. Ooh, yes. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is, especially when how much it costs to do a fate of nation armies. But um, uh, finally, we'll look at the officer answers. We'll answer your questions, as always. So, yeah. So, Eddie, are you going to introduce us to our latest patrons? Our latest internet famous patrons. Do, 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 do. We You're have. Make Eddie, do it because he can't pronounce names, right? Yes, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> we have William A. Scott. I assume A is his middle name and not a descriptor, and he's not from Scotland. <laughs> uh, we have K. Leung. No, no name, just K. Leung. Uh, and Regan Robinson. Thank you very much for being also internet famous with us here at Shoot and Scoot podcast. Yes, thank you very much. Yes. Muchas gracias. Up for my. Uh, one-way ticket to a non-extradition country. <laughs> Barbados for Christmas. <laughs> Barbados or bust. Hastily, tra- hastily planned trips out of um, Texas and that kind of thing. Like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Another contentious things. How are the, in our um, face space it's like, how are the Iranians going, Duncan? How are the Iranians going? They are progressing. They, I have now painted, and they are finished, six Pastoran uh, Bissage companies. No, 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 we're not doing finish, we're doing Iranians. We'll yeah. Finish later can when the book you, comes out. Can you give it to us in a percentage? 
so that the GCHQ guy can just put like the original project is sixty seven percent complete. Oh, okay. Well, it's seven twelfths. No, six twelfths. Six thirteenths, even. Jesus Christ! It's like old Six, English money. I know. Yeah, I was going to say it'd it hate me or something. Apparently, apparently, fractions are confusing when you're just taking the number of things that you've done and then putting it over the number of things you have. Um, yes, it's six thirteenths. So what's that? Forty something percent. It's not quite fifty, is it? Oh, well, don't give it all away. He's got to do some maths. Yeah, I don't know. Three, the guys. Oh, sorry, they've probably got a degree. The person who's sitting there. Have they? Have we moved up from just, you know, layman to... I think by, by the number of buzzwords we must have hit, the GCHQ bingo <laughs> board is probably buzzing. Yeah. I think I think we got all the echelon, co- echelon codes at this point. So, I love the fact that we got North Korea in there, even though we don't actually have a game based in North Korea. Yet. 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 <laughs> don't. Don't. I'm excited. That would be awesome. It's 46.15%. Correct. There'd be a reason, for, <laughs> reason for dogs to get more IS2s. IS3s. I don't. I don't want. Oh my god! No more IS threes. Do you know what I'd love would be the one to one forty fourth resin um, Mig fifteens and Sabers. Oh, oh. And the oh. And the, the, the air ground strike version of the P fifty one, the F model. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I can use my B twenty nine. And this game is over. Insane. <laughs> oh, it's conventional bomber. It wasn't nuclear. In not the MacArthur yeah. scenario, you can China to bring the water in the end. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's. Is it just the radians you've been painting? No, no. I've I've got to give a bit of a shout out actually to Scott Aitchison, um because he sent me some hind rocket pods all the way from the good old US of A. Oh wow! So uh, uh, G- yeah. HQ, that's model hind rocket pods. Yes, yes, definitely model hind rocket pods. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they they arrived in the post uh, this week. So that was quite an exciting little uh, envelope to arrive. Did you get um, stung by taxes, or did you escape the evil? No, because they came. They're only rocket pods. They actually fit in a, in a little letter, like an oh, actual letter. Letter. Oh, okay. So yeah, I've got the rocket pods for one hind now, which uh, means that I can at some point look at converting up the MLRS. So I want to do a mutt jeep um, with a Korean one oh seven millimeter rocket thing on the back and then two mtbs with hind and uh cobra rocket pods on and nice. use them instead as bm21s so yeah that'll be that'll be nice um when i can get the bits together um but yeah that that's arrived um but no it's, i've also i'm currently as we speak painting uh germans which are not on the schedule oh <laughs> i heard not the even close i heard the not, was not even closed sorry mate I heard that Mike Everest was the schedule now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these are this is the first half of the Hodgkiss Boot Stug Company. So it's for um, Hodgkiss uh, 75 millimeters, which are actually very nice models. I have to say, they're lovely little models. Well, that 21st Panzer was a good range, yeah. Yeah, but um, uh, uh, part of the reason to actually put them together and paint them was that they take up like infinitely more space. Un- like you know, in ballistas, and they do actually made up and sat in a tray. Oh, because they're tiny. They're, they're only tiny, yeah. So to get some more space, that's the excuse. Um, <laughs> but no, that they they they'll all be finished by the end of the, I reckon the end of today. Um, the passage are completely done. I've started work on some uh, 
more Churchills for the uh, Russian project, which has no real defined goal other than just to be cool and painted. So just because you um, want to wear the uh, the Teenage Turtles T-shirt. Yeah, so the, exactly. The teenage uh, was it teenage hero Soviet Churchills. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and I also wanted one of the fluffy hats because it was cold and snowy recently, and I thought, well, yeah. but um, you know, it's not cold and snowy anymore, so that will have to go away for a bit again. But that was quite, that would have been a cool thing. I know how much you love headwear. <laughs> um, and then the final thing I've, I've actually played around with is um, you know how I made those smoke markers. Well, I went back round and tarted up some um, barbed wire uh, entrenchments I had for the Great War um, mm-hmm. game. So I've actually got round to putting some uh, like water effect resin in some shell holes. Oh, nice! Oh, wow! So That's that proper. was yeah. That was they. They always had the 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 holes for them, but I've actually filled them full of watery effect stuff now and used washes in between, and they look quite nice with just brown wash and green wash like mixed into the. Hence, question the mic about what colour the poles would be, and they were. Well, yeah, because I, I, from I was a bit unsure as to what kind of you know affect things like gas and what have you would actually, you know, what what does chlorine gas look like in a puddle? I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. that's a, well, I, I've just realised this put me probably on another another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, chemical weapons, yeah. Yeah. Hello, chemical weapons desk, GCHQ. Exactly. What does what does mustard gas look like in a puddle? Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't know if it was like a yellow colour or green or what. So B was just like, oh, everything would be brown. So most of it's uh, a mixture of like different brown washes and interspersed between layers of the um, the, the Vallejo water effect, steel water effect. All right. Which was it was a bit of a learning curve using that because um, it doesn't quite dry how you expect it to. It kind of dries from the outside in. Right. So you end up with like a little donut almost of water if you're not careful they're almost like traps an air bubble in the middle but it's easy to wreck it you know you can fix it but just the first time it happened you're like oh that's weird water wouldn't do that it wouldn't be water at the edge and you know not water in the middle did you do it in very thin layers or did you do it all at once uh, i probably just blobbed it in it's probably my mistake um it's probably too much in one go but yeah it, it's come out all right but i've, I've learned for it now because i want to use it for um the Soviet bases for infantry and gun teams to do ice with as well. So just put very thin um, patches of it on like a painted base to make it look like icy patches. Right. Which I think icy will work all right. People. Sorry, mate? Icy dead people. Yeah. The last, last three minutes of the Titanic movie. Icy dead people, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, don't. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I'll never let you go, Jack. Ta-ta. Um, Bye. Yeah. Oh, my arm's awfully, awfully sore tonight. Shouldn't have, <laughs> shouldn't have had that third cocktail. Um, but yeah, that's that's been it. It's been a bit of a pinballing around again of stuff, but it's kept me going. I've, I've now got to put. I've actually, I've gone through a lot of the um, stuff that's uh, like made. So I've got to go through a make cycle again. So like, I've got to put some more bassage on bases and like build the other six Hodgkiss and stuff like that. Cool. Cool. Keep me out. Keep me out. Keep me out of trouble. Or get me into it by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. Out of one trouble into another trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely model rocket pods though. Just reiterating. (laughs) 
one one hundred scale. So not, yeah. not one to one. Not one hundred either. Don't you? One hundred rocket pods. <laughs> Lee, what have you been painting? I've been painting my um, army bits, um, Soviets in KMLK camo suits. This is to go with the Heinz, isn't it? To go with the Heinz. Very, yeah. very niche fetish you have there. <laughs> very so precise. You got, you got got to be. I'm probably getting that destination wrong anyway. But it's a really cool like camo suit. Say they're um, KGB and they're um, VDV, which is the airborne guys. War in Afghanistan and then got introduced further further afterwards after Afghanistan. But it's got like it, it looked like they was doing digital camo before digital camo was cool. It's got kind of like, kind of weird scrape blotchy look to it. Dazzle pattern splinter yeah. effect. Yeah, so, so I got, nice. Yeah, I got, I got like a company of like a full strength company plus all the support weapons for them and another company. And because I'm mounting the missiles two to a base rather than three to a base because it, it were recrowded, I've actually got a spare missile base if I go like another small platoon kind of missile. So that's cool. But yeah, they're nice figures. Just, they come out well, really well, I think. Cheers, yeah. They look, they look really different as well because the, the blue on them really pops out, I think, as well. On the berries, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The airborne guys. It looks really nice. Yeah, and like I said, the camera, the camera looks cool um, compared to just being that flat, you know, um, khaki look that you normally get with the sort of pre-camo suit Soviets. So, yeah. I've been painting them up with contrast as well, which is an experiment on the platoon. You, like them. you have cranked through them as well because of that, haven't you? They really... I think they've come together very quickly. For, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping to be a bit further along and have I'd be up working on the Su twenty fives by now, but um, I got sucked into his Valheim game on the, on the PC that everyone else seems to be getting sucked into. So my progress has slowed down somewhat, but I'm <laughs> I'm just working on the basing now, and that'd be them done. I'll try and get on with the Su twenty fives, but probably not getting finished before the first of March. I love how you guys are like five times more productive than anyone else on the planet, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, but I've been really slowed down." Well, it's a classic project manager thing. We have our stretch goals. If you don't meet your stretch goals, you're failing. You've got to yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, have... it's been. When did we do the last podcast? Like two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably actually. Yeah. And you're 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 painting more now than you used to do in the month before. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's because there's no distraction of you know other social commitments. Actually, having yeah. oh my god, games exactly. There's no games, so it's yeah. Maybe the Hunger Games. No, not yet. It's oh, coming. Yeah. <laughs> for tribute for some Nile Oil wash. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's a shortage of sprays out there as well, isn't there at the moment? Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. Trying to get old. There was a a can of uh, GW Black Spray going for forty eight quid on eBay the other day. Oh wow. I know. We should have bought some... Uh... Loads in FLGSs. It's funny. It's just like... Being part of the um, Airbrush Master Race, these things don't actually bother me, but it's... Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got the large... Um, Honestly. Polymer-based, Vallejo base coat stuff. Yeah. Just spray that on. Just buy big, big bottles of it in the last for ages, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get the airbrush out this week. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, <laughs> unexpected furlough, meaning that I now actually have some hobby time. Woo! Can you have expected furlough? Uh, yeah, we well, can see it coming. I, I, you know, 
can go be told that you're going to, you know, this is coming up, so therefore prepare. I for see it. what you're saying. Or you can be told that actually now you've got loads of lucrative work coming and you get loads of money and it'd be great, and then be told you're not going, and then have that disappear. So that's where it's the unexpected furlough comes in. Oh, um, surprise! Yeah. So the stuff that you shoot, yeah, yeah, surprise. Guess what? Go home. Don't come in again. Um, so I now have some hobby time. Does that mean you got to spin the the hobby wheel of focus? It Multiple does. Times. So I, yeah, I, I, I've, I messed up. I've actually did some work in this week. Um, so I've been actually away. You messed up and did some work. Okay. I messed up and did some work. Yeah, ended up going <laughs> into the Arctic Circle, which was fun. Um, you look very pretty. If that's any con- a scant consolation, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, to go well to go from to go from lot. You know, I think I said last last podcast my. Google Maps was here and the office, which is a yeah. drive away for the entirety of January. Then, you know, having spent two months at home to then go to the Arctic Circle all of a sudden, which is you know funny. It's really cold, surprisingly. I, well, the Arctic Circle was cold. That sounds really dark. In the winter, so, yeah. Like, wow. They're having the worst winter they've had in many years. Um, Colour me surprised. Especially along the coast. So it's minus five, which then became minus ten with wind chill. But the main thing was the, the amount of snow in areas where they haven't had snows for that for 15, 20 years. Um, so there was a lot of it around. But uh, yeah, wasn't able to take any hobby with that. But I just started painting my British infantry again. Um, so because I now have, well, two to four weeks <laughs> at home again, um, I am going to, I haven't done my gliders yet. Say we all last. Um, on the the last one, yeah, so I haven't had a chance to catch up with those, but they're going to stay on the list, and I'm going to add them with the next Wheel of Hobbies Fortune. The Wheel of Hobby Misfortune. Oh, it's spinning. I should have spun it a bit more, shouldn't I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guess what it's come up with. Early war? Uh, <laughs> Flames of War Early War. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. The Wheel wants you to focus on Early the War. The Wheel wants me to focus on Early War armies, the one game that I'm not playing at all. Thank See, you. See, the problem is now people are going to start thinking we're like sending out some sort of secret message that Early War is coming. Oh, 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 the Breakthrough guys doing a lot of Early War paints. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You guys yeah. <laughs> It really is. I, <laughs> it's never coming, guys. Get over it. Um, oh, 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 wow. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> If I, if I say that, then I'll be proven wrong next day when it gets a massive announcement it's coming. Oh, I'll be a hobby you're hero. Better, you're better gaming the disappointment factor. I, I was using reverse psychology against the kids earlier. I'm going to see if it works on a major, on a major company, New Zealand company. But uh... <laughs> see if it works on Phil. <laughs> yes, reverse psychology. Phil no, wouldn't no. dare do early war yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not mad enough to do early war. It wouldn't take much, though, would it? Just, <laughs> just saying, it wouldn't take a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, just cut paste, divide everything by ten, and you're good. Divide everything just, by ten. Just re- re- <laughs> All right. So, early war for selector. Yeah. Well, it's the BEF Matildas again. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. Well, I've only got four early war lists. I've got over 110 items on this thing, and I've rolled the same one twice. <laughs> well, it's just really wanting you to do that early war stuff, Eddie. Obviously, what your uh, 
your hobby craving. You just don't know it. Can I can I push the wheel of fortune and roll it again if I keep that in the list? Uh, you want to third, go again? Third item. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's more. Because, yeah, I know, yeah, that'd be nice and quick. I can get that done. All right, I'm going to go again. I'm going to go again. I want something different. I'm just loading up the first wheel again. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff. That's the stuff. Flames of War mid war. Okay. So it's got a year later. Oh, this is a massive change. Yeah, but this one's got like 20 different lists. Oh dear! All right, all right, ready, ready. Vincent's almost palpable. It's a, it's a thing of beauty, it really is. All right. German East Front Panzer Grenadiers. <laughs> okay. A cheap unit. <laughs> Which one did I want to do for that? I don't think I've started those guys yet. Does that mean you got to go find them? No, those those will be because that's all the version four stuff. That's all in the force boxes. I've got a box for each nation. So not in lockup one or two. No, no, those are actually in my room. I think. So you've got to do yourself a platoon with some with um, some half tracks. And uh, we don't have to do half tracks because they don't didn't necessarily have them, did they? Uh, pan- well, did you say armored? Pa- did you say armored ideas? Uh, I said German East Front Panzergrenz. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It could, it could but I did mean armoured Panzergrenz. Okay. Oh, no, not half tracks. I hate paying half tracks. So these right. ones do have half. Because uh, I've got the the one five two five one C's for those. Yep, nice. The rounded bottoms. The junk in the trunk. <laughs> yep. Rounded, deliciously rounded bottom. Okay. <laughs> so, um,. So, Duncan, back up here. So, why do you like painting half tracks? Because it's twice the amount of surface area for half the amount of buck. It's just boring. Because he you doesn't have, have an airbrush. Inter- you have to paint the interior. It's dull. Like, it's oh. the same as the exterior, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it's just the, twice as much surface area. Like, if it's yeah. a fully enclosed vehicle, yeah. like, you only it have to paint the extra, outside, right? It takes an extra half a second with an airbrush. Hashtag the oh. same. Oh, la dee da. <laughs> so right, the first time you're gonna break it out, you're gonna lose the nozzle anyway, or it's gonna block. So <laughs> it's all it's all fine. It's all fine. I'm not bitter. Not bitter. That's no, only only because I'm painting these bloody Hodgkisses, and I realise that they've got a lot of interior detail, and it's just annoying. Because you're looking at it going, oh, it's got a lot of interior detail. That's really nice. Oh, uh, uh, oh. Uh, oh and crew. It's got crew. Oh god. Okay. So essentially, I'm painting some infantry to go with this as well now. All oh, <laughs> yeah. right. For saying they're going right. half a turn. Yep. If ever. Yep. What you want to do is put a lovely little tarp over the top of it and then just say. <laughs> They've improvised. Actually, who was making that? Was that Soren? Was making some covers for his um, tarp covers using okay. yeah mini part and stuff for his um, captured Russian trucks for the Eastern Front. That was really cool. I've seen people do it with. Uh... Uh, tissue and PVA. Yeah. But green stuff is an extra level. Well, it's quite clever because they were painted already and I was looking at these trucks going, how are you, you going to mould that? And he'd actually put a layer of cling film over the top of the truck. Oh. Gonna, yeah. That is clever. That, exactly. 
I'm going to pick his brains for that. Um, but yeah, I thought that, there you go. Create some tarp covers. You don't have to paint the interior or any crew. Or, or you could just paint it and make them look really good. Uh, you could. I just, yeah, I'm not a fan of half tracks anymore, to be honest. I think I'll just do the half tracks for that. What? I get to pick what each thing is. That do you? Yeah. What's well, when it says Panzer Grenadier? You get to pick the half that's, track. That's mm. the. Mm. Like, mm. Duncan, oh. next time we let Eddie do one of these things, we have to make it to actually write out all the rules before. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> it's just a loophole waiting to happen. The, you are Turner. Idea, Jesus. The idea was to make progress, right? So as long as I'm making some progress in each thing, it's a win in my book. Because otherwise, these things would have just sat in the box, being wherever they are. So what uh, you're saying is, when you go to deploy these Panzer Grenadiers, they're just going to stay in their half tracks and assault from them. Well, just... rather, than, rather, than do, <laughs> rather than do five half tracks and you know the infantry to go with it, because I've already got I've got other projects I'm working on at the same time. See, lies. I am. I've got my British. Lies. Here. I've got my parachute company, British parachute, okay. my Paris that I was going to take. Oh, we can talk about those, I guess, because I got the. <laughs> yeah. So when I was going to be going, originally going away Segway. for six weeks, I was like, oh, I need, if I take some infantry like Brit Paras with camouflage smocks, yep. then I only need a, set, a small palette of colours so I can paint them, you know, down route in the hotel rooms. Um, that sounds like a terrible euphemism as well. I'm going to paint my Paras in a hotel room. Paint, sit, mm. sit there and paint my Paras. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're not allowed out. 99% of the places we go. Um, it's like lockdown, but in a different country. Uh, yeah. So I bought. Well, originally I went to the. I went to go find the the, the PSC ones a couple of weeks ago in yeah. lockup number two and was unsuccessful. <laughs> um, <laughs> unsuccessful, but you did escape with your life. I imagine it's a bit like I Indiana think, Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, pretty much was that. You know, yeah. you get the whole like you know swapping out the the thing for something of equivalent weight so you don't cause the landslide. Kind Gee, of uh, Jesus. Okay, the hobby launch. With, with yeah, we locked down finishes. It'd be quite fun to take you guys there and see what you think. <laughs> what and survive? Yeah, <laughs> like, but do like a supermarket trolley dash. If you can get out, if you can get out with it alive, you get to keep it. You can be Dale Winton. Don't get too greedy. <laughs> when you're in the garage and you hear the beep, <laughs> think of the so fun you could be having. So I ended up getting the new all plastic. Um, you bought some figures. I did. I did. I cleared it with the wife. So more, more I told her the reason, reasoning behind yeah, it. Yeah, but you didn't clear it with us. I don't know how I feel about that. I thought I did. I told you about that, didn't I? No. I must have dreamt about that. That's weird. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Lee, confirm, confirm if I'm, I'm making it up here, but I don't remember, I don't remember I, getting, giving a launch clearance for that. I told you about them, though. Well, yeah, but I assumed you got them from, you know, one of the many, many, you know, reserves of figures that you've got knocking around. Well, you should just be, you should feel privileged that I, I, you know, value our relationship enough to tell you the truth. <laughs> what, after the fact? Well, I could have just lied. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, definitely. I found them in my pile. Cause... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I hear you. Yeah. No, no. So, well, the, my thinking was if I, if I painted them and didn't like them, I could sell them. Right. Yep. And then just you know paint the other guys. If I painted them and like them, I could sell the other ones when I find them. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. 
That kind of feels all right. I see where you're going. That kind of feels like a trade. All right. Yeah, it's 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 a trade. You know, or if we ended up going, actually, we do a massive mega game, and I enjoyed them enough, I could paint the second box and have two companies of Brit Paras. It feels less like a trade and more like dealing in miniature futures. Yeah. <laughs> are we going short? Are we going short trading on on paper? We are. We're going to yeah. <laughs> get a Reddit thread going, and then can, who uh, had the twentieth of February on the sweepstake? Just have interest. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel a bit like that, um, but then I was uh, at one point it was going to be eight weeks away, and I was like, you know what? I can't risk it. I can't go away for eight weeks and and do nothing. I do nothing on my days off. <laughs> oh God. <sighs> uh, so yeah, so I've now got those guys and. First impressions, I've had. So we've all had some runnings and misgivings with the the soft plastic. What um, goblin knows? Yep. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at the hard plastic late war British rifle infantry, and going, it would be nice if these guys were just on a sprue like that, because the hard plastic models are, in my opinion, the BF ones are some of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Um, however having seen some of the pretty bad really soft soft plastics in the first one the, the one that, yeah, the first one yeah the early for early mid-war brick desert guys and some of the gun crews these are miles miles better than that okay what do you mean the the how can i put this play the generic crewman yeah the random ones. the mm. blob guy so, some so looking at the usual. There's five or six, five or six, depending on what the, the sprue is. The long flat bit connected to the base. So that's nice. The fact that you don't have to worry about, um, you know, you can paint them on that sprue. Yes, yes. yeah. I have to say, I did that with the mortar crew ones that I had to do for the open day, and that was that. That wasn't bad at all. Yeah, that was going to be my plan overseas. Um, but some of them are definitely better than others. In terms of the flash and the mold line, yeah, didn't you have a, an issue with some of them I lining did, up? There is one sprue that's particularly bad, and unfortunately, it's the one that's got several faces on the mold line. Oh, they a little bit. Are, are they are they recoverable? I don't know yet. So the caveat here is, I'm tomorrow. I'm going to start. Um... <laughs> wow, that guy looks like he's holding a flag. I spoke too soon. Oh no! <laughs> there's a pointing figure, and and the, there's obviously a sprue gate that's got a bit wrong, and he's got like a, a centimeter high bit of flash. It's like a potato hand. It's like a giant ladle. Classic forge rod thing, and sculpt your own model from the bits of the flash that's provided. Yes. Yeah. Let me let me. I'll send this picture to you guys. See what you think. Man sends picture to friends on the internet. Which I'll then put on the website version so everyone will see it anyway, but yes. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll take a better one then rather than that one. I'm swearing at you guys. Oh. Giant ladle man. <laughs> oh, no, really bad at sending pictures. Anyway, um, so the, the truth, the proof Jesus. of the pudding, as it were, will come tomorrow when I tidy these things up. Because yeah. I think they're going to be hard enough that the knife scraping will go okay yeah i know what you mean that you will actually be able to tidy them up reasonably well yeah and if that happens 
great. It looks like a guy's holding a hockey stick and balance, balance hockey, on his hey, finger. Yeah. He's in Canada. Big <laughs> in Canada. Canadian, Canadian paratroops, yeah. So. <laughs> well, it does look like an English hockey stick. Yeah, more like a yeah, field hockey. Uh, yeah, yeah, real hockey, he says. I've got to be careful. You, you can't say that. That's, that's going to be yeah. half our, half our, our um, you know, patron base will disappear overnight. You can literally hear the, the podcast value. You have to balance it out with some sort of mention of Timmy Hortons, whatever it's called. And just, uh, I nearly I nearly got a Tim Hortons in Dubai. What's a um, Tim okay. Hortons? It's, it's, it's some sort of sex act. Is it? Sex act. Is it like a spicy tuna hand roll? <laughs> oh, oh. My boggles at what that could be, but yes. <laughs> I've just found a guy who's, who's definitely been, he's, he's definitely a casualty. He's got, he's lost both his legs. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, Welcome uh, to the parachute regiment, son. It's fine. It's fine. It looked like a complex fracture where his shins have snapped. He's a paratrooper. Um, yeah, that's a tricky actually, landing. Actually, it'll glue that glue back straight back together. That's fine. <laughs> I think I don't. Oh dear. I'm hopeful. Then they're better than I. My worst fears. <laughs> the, the detail is there, obviously, because I couldn't put the detail back in. Whether or not I can clean them up, that would be the proof of the pudding. That's the bit that does. I'm going to be interested how you go because I remember trying to clear up the soft original cloth plastics and they were a yeah. nightmare. Yes. You can't sand them. You could try scraping with a knife, but then you end up half time scraping off something you shouldn't be scraping off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I never tried was the. Um, the the mold line removal. GW mold line removal task. I was always curious yeah. if that worked for it. I never it, actually it, does, it does. It does okay. work. I've got all three, so I will. Post my findings. Do you also have a Dremel? <laughs> that's a fourth option. Dremel? Oh my God, that's a bit severe, isn't it? <laughs> what, have you done? what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> dear about, dear hey, about front customer list. service. <laughs> I, I might have had... A, your figures appear to have some kind of issue with them. Uh, sir, it looks like you've uh, you've axle ground them. Uh, no? No? You just no, didn't no. answer the questions. Yep. I no, tried no, to make it easy. I didn't want to do this. He made me do it. Um, yeah. Uh, however, the other thing I need to find out and dig out will be the gliders for them to go in. Oh, you've got, you got um, horses, have you? I have war bases, horse gliders. Oh. Wow. I wasn't aware that this was a thing, so I'm now going to have to go look this up. Oh, really? oh gosh. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're MDF kits, yeah. It's, they're, they're not... They're, they're gaming pieces, which, you know, they're gaming. I'd say they were gaming tokens. Right, okay. Because um, they're flat. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, got you, got you right, okay. okay. But they actually look really good. 15mm uh, glider, £2.50 each. You can't say fairer than that. Um, the war bases, guys, yeah. If you're in the UK and you haven't used war bases, go look at them up. Yeah, they're very good. They're they're lovely people. Do you want me to post the link, Lee? Yeah, I'll, I'll put I'll put the link on the website. Yeah. Well, I'll send you a link so you can look now. You can get your live reaction. <laughs> live horser update. Live horser update. But there's also uh, there is a 
There's a bigger MDF horser currently in Holland, I think, because they're doing. Is this this one? Yeah, okay. they made a movie. I know that. Um, I think there's a Dutch museum got the last surviving um, horser, didn't it? Because makers know British museums seen the one tip, which is like what uh, massive really? failing of the British museum system as usual. But um, no way. Well, they're too busy. I, they're too busy looking, yeah, you know, looking after other people's stuff. I was going to say, is that is that because we didn't loot it while we were occupying, <laughs> yeah. illegally occupying a country? Yeah. We don't have museums for our own stuff. We've only got the stuff that we've uh, <coughs> borrowed. Well, we're just like cats, aren't we? Just rub ourselves against and go, "This is ours." This is mine. This is mine now. Okay. This is mine. Yeah, no. we'll, we'll go. We'll go out of time rather than get into a massive um, annoyance about the, how, how, the Imperial War Museum and its management. But um, yeah, <laughs> save that for another day. Um, yeah, so. And look at it now. That's actually yeah. So when when you said two D, I thought you meant literally like um a a flat token. But actually, oh, it has got um yeah, it, it's got a shape to it. And I'm looking at it. I goes all right. That's actually not too bad for two hundred yeah. fifty. They're really good. I mean, yeah. It was, I'm, I was always forever going to buy the current king one, which is like thirty quid. And we used to keep appearing, disappearing on the shop as to whether it's actually in production or not. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I am going to pick a few of those up and just yeah. <laughs> it's best to cart. Well, yeah. all I need is some sort of frame with a massive barn to build a massive sixteen foot table so we can refight the battle of Ramville on the one 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 to one scale. You know. Oh, yeah. this <laughs> now, is, this war is, bases also did at some point. They also did Pegasus Bridge. Oh, they don't do the bridge, but they do the bunker and uh, some of the other buildings. Ah, yeah, current. Yes, the Cafe Gondry, which I've been in, yep. which is awesome. Yep. Been there as well, yeah. The coffee in there, very nice. Uh, and the bunker, but the, they they did sell the bridge at one point. Uh, only four grand do it now, I believe. So That's years ago, I got it somewhere. I bought a resin. Well, no, I, I didn't post him. Although I got the guys at the club bought a resin one. I can't remember where it was from. I got it somewhere in a box, and you find it where you're doing the games and stuff. Oh yeah, do that. I think always think always think it was quite small compared to like the ones like the foreground did later. It might be like a little bit under scale, but it'll work. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's one to one two two. Oh dear. Throw it out. Bin it. My the original bridge is small was smaller than the current modern bridge. It's like a oversized replica of it to allow for modern traffic. But Yeah. I still can't get over how close they actually landed though. Oh Absolutely man. Insane. You see that they've got stone monuments from each of the three gliders. Mm-hmm. In the ground, and you could you could clink people on the bridge with a BB gun. They're that close. Yeah, the lead one is literally a stone's throw away from the bridge. It's yeah. like it's. Yeah, I think the intention was they were going to try and land it on the barbed wire, and they did exactly that and took the barbed wire out. <laughs> um, uh, I had a, uh, in the museum. There was the anecdote that they showed the Russian observers, the Soviet observers, a couple of days afterwards what they'd done. And the observers were adamant that they've moved the gliders closer. <laughs> and they were like, no, look, you can see they've broken. They've crashed here. Like, We've not moved them. They're like, no, 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 no. You couldn't land that close. You moved them closer to make it look better. In Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia, a glider lands on you. Um, well, the, bridge, the bridge sentries thought it was a bit of bomber crash, you know, crash landing in the field. So they ignored it. It's like, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know, oh, yeah, just, you know. More, more bits falling out of the sky. Wait, what's that coming out of it? Ah. <laughs> That's a whole bunch <laughs> of angry parrots. Um, Airlanders. So, uh, yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be cool as heck. Um, 
So that I'm is... still disappointed Major Howard didn't get a card. Yeah. I was thinking, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we, about the cards and running an running event with um, a card-only points. Well, this is for characters, yeah. didn't you? You were saying for, for, for character cards, wasn't it, you were saying? Originally, yeah. I think we'd have to have a look at what forces we were doing or what we wanted to do. I mean, it would be cool to have, like, a battle of the heroes. Well, you never... I'm not being horrible. The, the heroes are very unlikely to come out, usually, whereas at least the other unit cards do. Yeah, that's true. The hero cards tend to be... And I don't mind that, actually. I don't mind the fact mm. that they're not... Um, Hi, Patton. What are you doing here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. So they're, Shut they're up more... and run forward, boy. <laughs> yeah, they're much more um, uh, seldom used than they were in version three. Bond, that, whatever his name was. Is that Patton Leroy Jenkins? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah, that was Abrams, which is a really cool tank model. One. No, no one ever used it. All right, yeah. No, I, my brother got me that for one of my birthdays. So, what, an Abrams tank? Uh, no, the, the Abrams Thunderbolt box set with the decals. Oh, oh. Well, no, like I said, I do want to do a, the Abrams model in an Abrams tank and use that as a proxy. <laughs> what son of Abrams? He's a pretty easy eight, yeah. Yeah. I, nearly sold, I remember I was at Salute and I nearly sold it. And the guy came up and he goes, oh, what's the best deal on this? I said, oh, well, are you going to build it and paint it and, and actually you know, get some use out of it? He went, no, nah, probably not. I said, well, the price that's on the box then. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He went, oh, okay, I'll leave it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, faces, faces, something, something. Yeah, so we wanted to do faces, 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 didn't you? Yes. Is He said that, and I wanted to go dig out the Colours of War book to see what it said in there about doing faces, but I think... I have it in front of me. Do you? Oh, I do. And you... Through the powers of the interweb, can you tell me? Yes. What is... So you have to turn to the the start of the book, which has got the universal painting bits, for want of a better word. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Let me let me describe my quandary. Okay. Guys, right. So at the moment, I flat brown my models. Yes, you use yeah. fur, don't you? It's fur, fur brown, which is very close to the Vallejo flat flat brown over yep. it. So that's what I've got as a base. So mm. what happens is I then have flat flesh Vallejo that I start to paint the face. So I start trying to leave the use the flat brown as a very deep shade. So okay. I, 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 I do, you know, I remember from years ago, my friend Paul teaching me that, that he's, you know, a T and a U for a face. You do the T across the brow and the nose, and then you do a U for the cheeks, chin to the other side. But what I then do is go, oh, well, that leaves a massive gap on, you know, around his mouth. So I put a bit in there and go, okay, that's now flesh coloured. And then I go, oh, well, I'll, I'll make his cheeks a bit bigger. And I do that. And then before you know it, I've just got a flat flesh face. Yeah, you. Yeah, okay, I see what your problem is. So you need to have almost cartoonish definition because it's a 15mm figure. I think that's you can't be too fine because you won't see it. Right. So the way it describes it in uh, the Colours of War book is to start with the beige-brown 
uh, flat pace. Oh. Yeah, that's what I did. Yep. Then a sepia wash. Oh. Then, yeah, so you, you need you need contrast and shade, okay. and then they go back, and you want to highlight with a beige brown again, and then it says then fifty percent beige brown, and then flat flesh, and then if you want yeah. to do a final highlight, it's flat flesh. Okay, so, so you definitely yeah you definitely need a wash no matter what you do. Yeah, so I so squeeze. I would then it, it you know I do the face, and then what I've been doing for my speed paint stuff, I've just been doing a. Um, uh is it not nine oil what's the other one agrax earth shade agrax earth shade over the whole thing okay yeah as a a speed paint type stuff so that's been been my shade so it doesn't look too bad okay i put in the the wash over the base would then you know doing that i hadn't thought about doing that first and then highlighting up from that because that would then make it less harsh yeah, See, you... I, I, I go the other way because I, I, but generally, when you look at how light falls in the flesh, harsh is what you want because that's just how you know, um, light reflects off the grease of the human skin, that kind of thing. Yeah, you get so I go with shine, don't you? Yeah, I go with beige, yeah, shine, shine silhouette, so on, so on, so on. Um, so I go beige brown, all the uh, um, flesh areas, right? I then go beige red as a mid tone highlight, and I pick out generally all but the sort of the crevices of the human face so until the i'll leave the the original color showing under the lip in your eye sockets okay. um, the hollows of the cheek and then i go with um vallejo ivory as a point highlight on the nose a line across the eyebrows like you were saying yeah one line like almost like um like an inverted l shape on the cheeks so if yeah, I, okay. line the socket and down like chops, uh, yeah, and a little dot then on the actual um, chin, as it were. Oh, okay. And then yeah. sometimes I'll go back and add a wash of Reichland flesh if I feel like I need an extra bit of definition. Um, yeah. But only very targeted, not all over. I'll just literally put some in again the areas where I need the shading. Well, just where and, you think, oh, I've got a little bit over there. Yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll just to sort, just sort of blend it back in. And then sometimes I'll get some little off a of uniform, water it down to bit thicker than a wash a washing consistency and put it over the areas for stubble oh i don't if you look at their um bdv or see i don't on the nose and it just yeah gives they, it. they do recommend that exactly the same thing in the colors of war book yeah it's exactly just that. so really i should just read the colors of war book well no 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 because it's <laughs> my the way i do it, it's different i don't I, I don't yeah use that much i i'd use two scale 75 paints and that's pretty much it so the the scale seventy five ones I use a light skin and where's the other one? So I've got uh, basic flesh. So basic flesh is like Acadian almost flesh tone. Right. Yeah. You put that down first on whatever base you want, block it in, and then I give it a wash of either sepia, um, Games Workshop sepia or uh, Agrax Airshade, depending on how dark I want it to look. Yeah. And then I then actually then just do highlights using the light fle- the light skin, and I highlight all the the prominent areas, like you said, the brow ridge, the tip of the nose, the ears, the cheeks, the chin, and just make sure I leave enough. Uh, like make sure you use a very fine brush, yeah. And it's tiny little marks is all you need on the height the the light stuff. You just need to make it look, like I said, almost cartoony, so you can see the definition from a five feet away. Yeah. 
it's just to pick out the the pure real details and then actually the nice thing about the scale 75 is that they dry um and you can go back over and the same paint will actually give you another highlight again if that makes oh. sense so, so it builds up in yeah density yeah yes yeah, so if you if you water it down a tiny like when i say water it down i mean just add a blob of water tiny blob of water in when you're painting it you can then actually then just go back um again on the same areas and do it an even finer just very 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 tip of ear and things like that and it actually creates like um uh almost a modulation between them i think it's because the scale 75 stuff is extremely high pigment yes i do know that my friend uh paul townsend over the hobby brush he he ran some raves because he said they got like they do like seven or eight different shades of skin tones yes like the range he's got the whole range he's like he was telling me he's like i'm a painter but i don't like spending lots of money on paints and this set was expensive but now i've got it i can see why because it does everything yeah i've got the the one i've got for the um iranians is a slightly different color yeah. uh, there's one called uh i can't remember what it is now i'd have to find it but yeah there's a slightly different flesh tone I use for that just it's ever so slightly darker and then i use the basic flesh to do what it will do with the light skin if that makes sense yeah yeah but yeah i, th I think less is definitely more with the 15 figures you want to create definitely definition if you're not washing it eddie you need to put a, a wash of some kind just to well yeah they get the um agrats right at the very end but so I, 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 yeah i wouldn't finish with agrax I'll just put a shout out here. On the VDV, I did a more in contrast to the, um, the Gilliam and Flesh. And, mm -hmm. I, I, and that worked really nicely. Um, I put on a little highlight at the end of the ivory just to re. What was your base colour though for that? So that was just um, Vallejo Grey Primer. Oh, okay. Because Vallejo Grey Primer is almost white. It's very, very, very light grey. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't. Because um, yeah. I, I was doing the 35 mil. Sorry, 1 to 35 tank commander mm -hmm. I, I did that over halford's car gray primer with the yeah, it's probably too dark yeah it was i was like oh well he's now africa core um yeah but i think if you did that if you did a, a white dry brush over it it would probably work so i have found that with the contrast paints if you oh that's clever you can build up the the yeah you can like almost a, do a, a zenith. Zenith. yeah yeah i did it on actually a blood bowl figure so mm -hmm. i used their white and then I actually dry brushed it a pure white over the top, and because the 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 Games Workshop um, oh, contrast primer is like an ivory one, yeah. and it yeah it just picks it up ever so slightly and makes it look that little bit lighter on the top again. That's very interesting. Yeah, so that's no way of doing it. It's just like say you paint it all. If you're already painting the model some other colour, you can just go back over it with like um, the Wraith Bone paint yeah. or something like that. And then just paint the flesh over, and it, it's magic. It's magic in the bottle, that stuff. What's that, the... Contrast. Contrast. Yeah, yeah the, I've heard good things about the Gilliman flesh, in all honesty. that There's there's some contrast paints. I think they're, they're, they're all universally good, but there's some that are better than others. Yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't think I've gone bright enough on the whatever I've done it as the base yet for it to work. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's actually... Very, I was surprised at how well they covered yeah you know, honestly like you think oh no I'm, that's never going to work on that that lighter model it's going to come through as just pure white on the top and it it really doesn't it's not i, I was surprised like, i'm i'm not as an aficionado as as i've only used it for a few things and i've tended to use it for blocking in colors quickly 
but um, <laughs> it works like I've used it on like the Soviet tank commanders uniforms for the blue, and that was really easy. Yeah, and it worked quite well, and I didn't do anything with that afterwards. Just hit it and ran pretty much. Yeah. Logs understand its limitations. The contrast is perfect. Like I say, it seems to work better at 50 minutes than it does at 28. So it's like <laughs> games work to create the ultimate in um, like um, historical war paint color schemes. It's basically yeah. a khaki color. It's near a proper khaki, a proper olive drab, and it'd be a. Uh... Well, yeah, there wasn't market experiment with mixing them and stuff. Oh yeah, you can you can mix them up. I think there's various people come up with various formulas for doing like the proper color schemes and that. But yeah. I just want it out of a single bottle and it'd be... Yeah. Surprised yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not a great mixer of paint, I have to say. If it's not coming out, out of a pot, it's uh, it's not happening. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm at that point as well, where you're just like, ah, I could... Well, I struggle enough to remember what bloody paints I've used on what anyway, um, nice. let alone mixing them together. Creating more, yeah, more doubt and uncertainty. <laughs> What did I do with that? Is that English uniform? Oh, God. Is it khaki? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's one of the two. It's something. Uh... The thing about khaki, I find, is that you look at the colour and go, that's not khaki. It's completely different. And then you pour it in the pan and you go, that's completely different. And you paint it. And then by the time it dries, you go, oh, it was khaki. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew? Who knew? Um, shall we go on to an officer answers then? Uh, no, we're going to go on no. to our army. Our, our, Oh, I've, skipped yes. a second. I've I've scrolled down too far. Oh, clearly, clearly, Eddie's getting bored. He must go do something else now. So that's yeah, what it is. he's got yeah, a painting book. I'm going to get some like funky paints, uh, skin paints out. Give those <laughs> some what paints? Skin coloured paints. I thought he said skid paints, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know where that was going. A hundred shades of brown. Oh, <laughs> all at once. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, so not you and you, army. We've got a different name for it. Um. Your army, you ain't paying. Yes. One hundred yes. points. Fate of a nation. Dream team. Yes, so, this was from an officer answer, though, wasn't it? This is where Eddie's, I think, thought head was at because it was a question that got asked last. Yeah, about the fate of a nation stuff. It just got us thinking, didn't it, last week? But yeah, well, it's all two things. So we had the question about why. Um, I think it was Scott asking why would I play fate of a nation? What different armies are they play? Yep. And the second thing I brought on was that, like I say, it finally is now on Forces of War. Yes. Deadly, dangerous, dangerous thing. Yep. So we can put away all those napkin scribbled um, lists and that kind of thing. And... No. What, my spreadsheet? I will not. Oh, <laughs> it's already gone. It's dead to me, the spreadsheet. Is... Yeah, so the spreadsheet's the... great until you need... Yeah. The premise of this was that if you had... If you if you won a competition for a hundred point army, so you didn't have to pay for the models, what would you get? Yeah, basically. <laughs> in a nutshell, in a it's nutshell. just Eddie Eddie wishlisting, going, "I really want this." See, I think you guys are setting me up here. I think you're you, you've put a short bet on me making it through the year without buying any more models, and now you're just teasing that, me with it. Eddie, no one made that bet. Yeah, there's no point. We, we failed it. <laughs> so it's like, no, no is, one... <laughs> yeah, we tried with Paddy Power and they just laughed. <laughs> you, want a bit, you want a bit what? Eddie Turner won't buy a model? Yeah, all right. I'll put that next door to the Flying Pigs. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> and then they went, what, do you mean like just, you know, historical figures? And I don't know, any, any kind of model. 
Lee, this guy won't stop laughing at me. <laughs> Which is very normal reaction, but uh... yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so the, the hundred, any hundred points you want was pretty much the the crux of it, wasn't it? Yeah, with no budget constraints or anything like that. No, no, con- the, the the gloves were off absolutely on every so I, every conceivable level. You don't need to do a Magak six list just to make it like a forty quid army. So, <laughs> yeah. That would be a disappointing, wouldn't it? What's your dream list? Four pound fifty. Um, <laughs> can, can I go first? You go for yeah. it. Because we, we haven't seen your list, so it's uh, yes. no. I don't um, think it's this. I kept it secret and kept it safe, just just because. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would do an early, so mm-hmm. uh, six day war, mm-hmm. Israeli list. Uh, all right. Okay. Because I I knew you guys were probably going to go absolutely mental with the uh, other nations, so I thought, well, yeah, you know, no. if I could, what would I actually want? Um, so I started off, and I thought, oh, I wish there was something to go up against the T thirty fours. So I started off, and I went, well, if I'm not paying for it, I might as well have an AMX tank company. Oh my god! <laughs> so we've no, never said that before in the history of the world. Just... I love the AMX. I think it's a really funky looking tank. Oh no, I've got I've got some, but they're reserved for a company, my recce battalion, going. Yes. Yeah, we're slightly we're slightly more armoured than this jeep over here. Well, they, they, yeah, they're in the Seiya recce company, um, aren't they? Uh, you can take them in that. Yes, you you can. Yes. I was trying to remember why I had some, and I think it's because I bought them to have a platoon to go with that. That would make um, sense. Yeah. So I have started off an AMX tank company, which is a company HQ of two AMX. Then you have a platoon of four AMX. (laughs) And then you have another platoon of four AMX, because they're eight points each. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you have another platoon of four AMX, which is the entire company formation filled out, uh, which gives you 14 AMXs at 28 points. Yeah, basically nothing. So I see your I see your T thirty four horde and I raise you an AMX horde. Yeah, I don't know how I don't would win at that because they're seventy five mils as well, aren't they? Yeah, seventy five mils versus hundred mils. Uh, hundred um, mils, eighty five. Sorry, eighty five mil. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Eight tank fourteen, aren't they? The AMXs. Yes. Uh, yeah. So no one's no one's getting a save. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's just but the fact all over, I, isn't I, it? When I, I hit on four still. Yeah, because you're Israeli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that my, my, my hit on fours is my save. Thanks. That's true. I thought you were going to say Shermans. I thought it was going to be Shermans, yeah. So. I was going to, but then I saw the AMXs and was like, ooh. Anyway, uh, that's, that's 28 points. So we'll, 28 we'll points of my 100. Um, it's also £101.50 of my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're in blisters of two, aren't they? They're £14.50 for two tanks. Yep. So, uh, then I was glorious. like, okay, well, you know, to be an actual wish list, I'd want to have some chance of actually making this thing. So I decided to go for a Magatch tank company as the second formation. Okay. Yep. Um, but because I love the little T muzzle brake that the 19 lines. <gasps> yeah, I've got them. They're awesome. I was like, I'm going to have Magatch 2s. Yep. So it's a Bagatch tank company, two in the HQ, platoon of three, another platoon of three. So that's six, eight Magatch twos, all 90 mils. 
then taking M3 Met Infantry Platoon. Oh, information, yep. Information. Yep. Add the blinder side. So they've got the five, five half tracks. And then um, three 120 mil artillery mortars, which is also information. Yep. The Oh, the M3Ds. The ones. M3Ds, 120 yep. mil. Sorry. I was going to say, it brings it to exactly 72 points, which gives me 100 points on the nose. Nice. Those, those early um, early war Amer- um, Israeli tank formations actually have a lot better support than, the, say, the Magak 6 does. Yes. Yeah. Actually, a lot more in, like, has the mortars in that kind of thing, which makes it a very nice little self contained force. The, the, the only issue I had fighting, well, anything with the Magach 2s when we played that one game, Lee, mm-hmm. was that the 90 mil, it's, it's not really cutting it against like yeah. a T54. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not going to win. It's not a. It's not supposed to be a power game list. It's no, just no. Like, I'm just. I'm just saying. It's still it's sixteen, isn't it? It is. Obviously, the T fifty five is front armor thirteen, isn't it? It just struggles a bit. It's just showing its age. I mean. Yeah. Which is why it's replaced cool. by one of fives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it just it, and it looks so cool. It looks better in um, desert as well. Obviously. I think point for point. I think we've said before looking at their um. I think there's one where we're talking about twenty pound, the twenty pounder ch- ch- um, centurion versus the Shoat. Yes, it's yeah. like the twenty pounder. What the twenty pounder Shoat work point for point works out so much better than the actual one of five one, especially versus the threats it's facing. With um, front armor thirteen being the yeah. max, and anti tank seventeen is good enough. It's like a... if I wanted, if I wanted to, if I was going to make it make this list more competitive, then yeah, I'd look at putting some Mishmans or something in with one of five. Well. Yeah, I think that I think the Ishman is is a lovely choice to have in there because it's just got all the hitting power you're going to need with the 105. Yeah, but the a, the AMXs were just too funny to pass up. The AMXs are cool, and you're right. If against if someone's going to bring T34s, if you you're playing that kind of early war game, that's going to be quite interesting at that point because front armor four is stopping absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So, bearing in mind you want to buy a stowage pack to make your M3s look really Israeli. Yeah, or or just yeah proper. Proper. Um, that racks in at a retail value of £264. Yep, that'll do it. And that's just vehicles, isn't it, pretty much? You've got one infantry platoon. But... Vehicles are an infantry platoon. Spicy. That is a spicy meatball. I yeah. like it, though. It's a nice... I mean, I, I have to... I'm with you. I, I fell for the uh, Magak 2s and then realised that they were only really early and they quickly, <laughs> quickly went, quick! Take this 105, put this on here. Yeah, make it bigger. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, the one thing is it's, it's a couple of points cheaper, I think, than the 105s. They're seven points each. Oh, three points cheaper. Yeah, okay. So it does give you, you know, a bit of a points break, and they're still, you know, rugged. I like it. It's the barrel. It's, they're just, it's that look. Mm. It's the aesthetic doing it for you. It does, yeah. Well, that's your. That's the whole point. If it was wish listing, yeah, that would look cool as well. That would look really weird, as in you know French tanks and French tanks. Yeah, tanks well, that's and... a whole mishmash of just whatever they could get their hands on, kind of thing. Yep. So, uh... what these? No, they're not American. But definitely not. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, what did you go for? So I went for something I've been meaning to do for ages, which was Jordanians. 
And I'm glad, no. I never really sat down and worked out a Jordanian list, and now I'm glad it had to be like some sort of wish list to make this viable. Because <laughs> Jordanians are a lot cheaper than I remember them being. What, points-wise, yeah. Points-wise, yeah. But it, it takes quite a lot to fill up an army with Jordanians. <laughs> I remember looking at them back in the, the last version of Fate of the Nation, um, okay. with the still version 3 rules. And their um, Jordanians were slightly better than nor- the normal Arab forces in terms of the rules they had. We didn't have that whole hen and chicks thing going on, but the other ones did. Yeah, because they were they had British organisation, didn't they? Pretty much. Yeah, and, and Sandhurst trained officers and stuff like that. They actually, yeah, you know, they, were, they had they, they had some issues because they still had the whole um, you know infantry coming from one social society um, social group and the other the officers coming from another one. So there was still some tensions there, but not as bad say it was in say a Syrian force, but but um, yeah. So I went with the Jordanians. And I wanted to do, much like Eddie, go for that classic M48 look um, with, the, with, the, with the right millimetres. Again, I wanted to sort of do for both six days war, no sort of work for the small contribution they have for seven days war. Yep. So I went with, I thought I'd see how, you know, flesh out an M48 pattern troop and maybe have a few support assets. <laughs> so I went you know, full strength HQ with two M48 patterns. Mm-hmm. All four troops of three M48 patterns, and then the, the two little duster AA um, tanks. And that cool, came cool. to a grand total of 58 points. I thought, oh, have I missed a unit? No, that is is that, literally... That's 14 patterns. That's 14 patterns. For 40 points. For, for, basically, for basically for 58 points, yeah. So I thought, all right, well, um, that's good. So I'll use this, I'll move the support assets, we'll, we'll run it out. So I went and got um, six twenty-five pounders. Obviously, yep. Yeah, because it's on my army. I've got twenty-five pounders in it somewhere. Um, <laughs> they are so cheap as well, from memory. They are, they are cheap. Four points for six guns. <laughs> and it's a skill five. Yeah, but still. I then went for the three of the hundred fifty-five millimeter howitzers, which are four points for three guns. Oh, they're um, the toad ones, aren't they? They're huge. Yep. yep. I throw in the OP. Um, and that was, oh, wait, that's only another five points. Uh, sorry, not five points, nine points. So that hasn't used it up. All right, um, I, bes- I guess I better throw another formation in. Uh, so I thought, go for the infantry platoon. And like, oh, wait a minute, the infantry platoons are like five points. <laughs> so I went for a full-strength mechanised company with a HQ. <laughs> so Three... you to, hold on, you went to use your points up by putting in a full-strength <laughs> mechanised company. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Yeah, so I went for three platoons of um, M113 mounted infantry. So that's four M113s, seven Garantines, a Super Bazooka, and a Light Mortar, times three. Oh, my God. With the HQ, which is another two rifle teams and an M113, plus a six-strong Mortar platoon. So that's all the M113s and the Mortars in to get, like, a you know, re-rolling batteries um, artillery. And six eight tank jeeps. And that only came to 25 points. So I still had, and I still had eight points left at this point. So I went and got uh, a platoon of Centurion train founders. And I finally <laughs> got the army done. It's like, Mike, this, this is crazy. How many models has this thing got now? So I think the, the final count is three how the three howitzers, yeah, six twenty-five pounders, yeah. six recallers jeeps, <laughs> three Centurions. Um, the, the infantry would do with. 13 M113s and 6 M125s, which is the 81mm version. Yep. So that's 19 M113s, basically, at that point. 
14 patterns and then a whole bunch of infantry. It's just like... So, when you put that into the cart, which I was reluctant to do because I didn't want to press a button accidentally... It <laughs> accidentally makes someone a battlefront seat. <laughs> so, yeah. It would be a £443. <laughs> the 140 of that is Magak oh. Freeze. The 140 of it is M113s. Because so many of them. That's insane. So that's I'm not insanely do... good, but that's... Yeah. I'm not going to do Jordanians anytime soon, it's fair to say. <laughs> I'm going to put them for a quiet day when I win a lottery somewhere. Well, it's, it's, it's just resin and metal tanks, isn't it? They're, yeah. They're, yeah, like you said, they're £7.50 a pop or whatever. Eight, £7 20, £7 20, no, it's, it's worse than that. It's £20 for two tanks. Oh, it's because they're, they're the big old bears. Yeah, yeah they are big old bears. So it's £20, £20, a £10 tank. Now, if, if they do a checkpoint Charlie and release them... In a plastic kit, I might go back and revisit that. Same with the Centurion um, with it as well. Because one of the things I might do is skip the infantry and just have two tank formations with the infantry built in, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a whole mess of st- just stuff. That's it quite is. scary. Yeah, it surprised me how... Cause I really didn't expect it to go back. I spent like a £250 army and it ended yeah. up being that much. It's like... I actually double check my figures to make sure I hadn't done something wrong and worked my calcs net. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the, the the price rise has made them. No, they were always, but they they've not necessarily been affected by the price increase. Bizarrely, and I know this because I picked up my M forty eight um, during the forty percent or so. I thought they were eight pound. I thought they were like sixteen quid a box. No, no they've been twenty for a while, as far as I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I need to go figure out how many I've actually got upstairs in boxes. What, so you can cash, <laughs> cash in on this new uh, lucrative... Cash crop, yeah. <laughs> yeah cash, figure cash. out how, you know... Cash crop. Figure out what list I can actually make. Oh, God, Eddie. Are they on the wheel? Yes, they are. Oh, that, that's acceptable, then. Yeah. Okay. I think I've actually got a spreadsheet somewhere. I've got an old-school army list for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had a spreadsheet with everything I had on mine, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, Duncan, what do you go with? Well, I did two, because I did one, which was my actual, like, what I'd like to do, and then I actually went back and thought, hmm, I'll do one for the other side and see, because the one I did was the, uh, the first one I did was the Israeli parachute, um, or parachute battalion. Yes. Right. So, I did a I did a bit of Googling, as I, as I like to do with these things. Um, and I came up with one for 67. So it's the 66th Parachute Battalion, Yossi Herzl. So I found the formation for that. So um, I took A Company from that. So it's three um, paratrooper platoons. So it's the, sorry, it's the HQ with two Uzis. I mean, Uzis are cool as well. I mean, <laughs> everyone who grew up in 80s action films knows, yeah, knows that. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but also you've got you've got. Israeli paratroopers with their Uzis and anti-tank grenades just yeah mate, those anti-tank grenades are absolute nightmare yeah I mean yes, they're, yes, they're, they are. they're <laughs> tough they are tough 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 um, but yeah the so that the two commanders and it's three platoons of the paras so put seven strong so seven Uzis um, they've all got one FN mag one 60mm mortar and then an additional, uh, sorry, and one blinder side, and then two of them have got an extra blinder side and an extra FN mag, and the final one has only got the extra blinder side because I ran out of points. It was an, 
you know, it's an extra point that I couldn't afford. Um, but that's, you know, that is some 21 stands of angry Israeli paratroopers, which <laughs> are, I mean, they're, they're like two up morale, I think. They're pretty, pretty horrible. Mm. Um, so uh, that's that kind of core. And I, I found, you know, the references for the platoons. So they've all got the platoon names, which is nice. I always like that. So where were these guys? Were these the guys actually in the, um, in the, West, in the West Bank? Yes, yes, right. exactly. These are the guys that were running towards um, taking Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's not politically insensitive. Um, but uh, uh, so, yeah, that was the first bit of them. Then I got the uh, MAG platoon to support them. So that that sort of rounds out that force. They got the, the FN MAG, which is the um, the three paratrooper MGs. Uh, they got the mortar platoon, which is 481mm mortars, and then three recoiler street jeeps, because they actually had those as well. So um, that's three 106mm recoilers, and that comes to 62 points, which is, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty strong, I think. They've, I'm just checking the paras now. They've got... Uh, Courage 3 plus Morale 2, Rally 3, hit on 4. Um, they assault and their skill is 3 plus and they count attack on a 2 plus. Yeah, so they're not giving up ground. They are not giving up ground. And I think you need the FN mags in there because the Uzi's obviously only got a range of 4. And you go rate of fire 1 when they're pinned. Yeah. yeah. So you've got, to, you've got to have something. And I think that's why normally I steer clear of having things like, like the machine gun platoon because it's kind of easy pickings. But I think you, you need that extra extra fire support yes um so uh that that 62 points and i looked at that and went mm, that's quite i know they've all got anti-tank grenades that are 80 13 and you know this has got blinder sides but they're not great so i thought well i'll, I'll put in some magak tanks again to round them out so i chose magak threes this time so they've got the 105 mil gun so three magak threes takes them up to 92 points um, the 105 I thought was just going to be enough to, you know, crack that slightly heavier armor. Yeah. And then I rounded it out with four um, Orang fighter um, flight. So that's without the napalm, but I thought that gives you your, essentially your artillery. So four of those with their bombs and um, they got the quad 20 mil cannons for just grinding stuff up. And I thought actually during the 67 war, it's probably more pertinent to have, you know, Air superiority than anything else. Yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that 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 was my Israeli Paris. That's a um, mean old list as well. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to be aggressive with it um, because you're gonna have to, you know, jam those Paris platoons where people don't want them to be jammed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that that whole force comes to 155 pounds. Which That's is not, not bad. It's not bad, and you've got some extra fat in there if you like because the um, that you have to buy like four anti-tank jeeps to get the three, and you have to buy the four Magax to get you three. So you have got some extra points in there if you want to play with them. Um, you know, not many, but you know, that's never another 12 points if you want to muck around with stuff. And then the second list I did, which is probably the one I'd actually go for having gone through it now, because it's, uh, I thought, well, against that kind of early force, what would I do? Um, and I'd do Syrians. And I went for a Syrian fortified infantry company because that's just potty. Yes, we know, something we haven't really done with is the fortified stuff. Yeah, and I thought, well, it's quite. It, it would be something different, and they're they're actually really expensive. I thought 
it's quite a lot of points. So you can only take two infantry companies anyway, and to take the sort of smaller of the two is um, 18 points. So you get 13 AK-47s, two blindersides, one PKM LMG, three wire and three minefields as part of that. And you can then add two 82mm recoilesses for a point each. So I added two of those in for each of those. So they're 20 points each. But that's, you know, that's, that's not bad. It's not got an awful lot of anti-tank. But, um, you know, that's that's a fair old whack. Um, then I chose four HMG nests for four points. Um, four 57mm guns, which is <laughs> two points. <laughs> two points. <laughs> um, then six 100mm anti-tank guns, which is six points. Uh, 82mm mortars. Um, which are another, or six of those, which is another six points. Then four pounds of four bunkers, pounds of fours, which are four points. And then 10 T-34s for 12 points. And that's all in formation. So that's 75 points of Syrian. We're not moving. We're going to stay in this trench and not go anywhere. We're fearless. So come get us. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got you've got the actual defences built in as well. So you've got machine gun nests built in. You've got six um, barbed wire obstacles, six minefields. You know, um, and the tanks might not be great, but they're there. Um, yeah. And then for the final twenty-five points of that list, I thought, well, again, they're struggling for. You know, the, I think the hundred mil guns are of eighty fifteen. They're fine, but they're not going to really touch anything too heavy. Yeah. Um. So I actually went back and got three 50, 54s for 13 points. I added in six SU-100s uh, and then two batteries of three 120mm howitzers with observers. Because t- How many stuff is in this? It's just an endless list of things. Yeah, well, this, this, this is the, the barminess, if you like. Three 122mm howitzers are two points. So you can get two batteries of three and an observer for five points. So I had the same problem that Lee had, which was like, oh, I can just have this, can I? Oh, I shall throw these in then. So, um, yeah. So you've got mortars and two 122mm guns. It's just, yeah, you don't want to be stationary. You're going to have to assault them, which is probably what they want you to do. At that point, are you not just going, you know what, boys, we'll play a smaller value game? No, I, I don't. I think there's definitely limitations in it. It's just you, you just got to work out how to attack it. I mean, yeah, it's that one significantly more money and it's significantly more stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's 352 pounds, but mainly because uh, the T30, I think we might have found a new contender the Panzer IV late um, and sandbags. <laughs> so four points came to 73 pounds. <laughs> Yeah, so you have to buy obviously a, a platoon of five Panzer fours, yeah, to get four of them, which is fine, and that's, that's thirty-five quid. Yeah, to get the sandbag emplacements, you actually need um, two two boxes of those, um, because to go round to fully enclose them, yeah. and that's fourteen pounds each. So you got twenty-eight pounds in in sandbags, <laughs> <laughs> which was an unsurprising, uh, you know, well, it's a bit of a surprising thing. So yeah, I think that might be in the running for the least points efficient unit. Fifteen pounds. Uh, it, it was £73 for four points. Jesus wept. 
yeah, I, I, I thought that's quite nice, and it's something completely different because yeah. I'm used to with my uh, Thunderbolt company, obviously, you know, screaming towards people and just um, being annoying. Whereas that's just sitting there going, "Yeah, okay, cool. You gonna, you're going to come to me, are you? Nice. Okay. Save us walking. Yeah, exactly. Eighteen, 18 pounds twenty five pence a point. <laughs> Oh wow! So yeah, That's but that 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 was quite nice. I thought that, and I actually thought that might be quite an interesting game with the Israeli paratroopers against fortified Syrians. I think they did fight in the Golan Heights as well, the Paris. Yeah, they got used to trying circumnavigate the defensive lines and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So that that might be a you know an interesting nut to crack with them as well, because those Paris are going to do exactly what they don't want them to do, which is just <laughs> come and assault them. So, come yeah. at me. Yeah, come at me, bro. And the power is like, all right. <laughs> it's 25, uh, 25 US dollars, 56 cents. Are you just working out how, how insane the the points cost is? Yeah. And then uh, because we're big in Canada, that's uh, 32 uh, Canadian dollars, 24 cents. A, a point. A point. I think that might be the new winner. <laughs> that might be the new... <laughs> we, we thought BTR60 platoon was the worst, but actually... You've got a long way to beat that, aren't you? £18.25 for a point. That's <laughs> Even right. it... only £1,800 if you had a 100-point army of them. What, of, te- of, of teeth... Uh, sorry, of <laughs> Panzer four bunkers. Panzer four bunkers. You can only take four, and it's the only formation I think you can take them in, so it's probably, yeah. It's yeah. probably a good thing. It's a bit yeah. of an outlier. At that point, I think you're making your own uh, emplacement, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's just. I think they're interesting because you know they're well out of, well out of, um, outgunned and out, you know, armoured by everything at that point. And that's why they. There's a lot of reference pictures from. I don't know how modern they are, but modern times, so nineties, two thousands at least, of them still up in the hills. Yep. Well, I suppose there's still a bunker at that point, aren't they? I think well, I shared, uh, shared one the other day, didn't I, with you guys, about the one, one of the Panzer IV sitting up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, not in use, just wrecked, but... Yeah. Sat there. All the way. I, I quite enjoyed that uh, as an exercise. It did make me um, yearn to play some more... Um, just games. Favour Nation. Yeah. Well, yeah, but specifically Favour Nation, because still the best rule set. I, I totally didn't just make my say uh, company and the Gatch Tank Company hundred point list whilst you were talking. Uh, I've, I've got my say <laughs> company, yeah, and it's it's cool. But I think you can do cool things with it because it's tiny in terms of the points you need. Yeah, mine's four, well, mine's forty three points because I've got a lot of jeeps. Oh yeah, that will be a lot of jeeps. That's the, yeah, the, yeah. the other cool thing you can do with them. Open. Well, you can also have the half tracks with the um, twenty more cannons in the back of them. I don't know if you've seen that. I had, and I was trying because I don't own those. Uh, you need the upgrade ballista to do them. I was trying to ignore. Well, I think they've combined that. I was looking at the web store when we were looking at the pricing. Yeah, and, yeah, it's all in the upgrade. Now, ballista. now if you buy, I think now if you buy the half tracks, it comes with the half tracks. No, you need the. There's still an upgrade blister because it's got the. Um, but it's got all of the bits in it. If that makes sense, you've got the M3 bits, and you've also oh, got the M113 yeah. uh, exhaust. Exhaust has yeah. the guns in. Is what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. It's all in. It's all in that uh, extra blister, I believe. He says unconvincingly. But, um, now, because we are 
if we're enabling, we're going to enable people properly. Still think it's funky that the Israelis painted all their wheels, the entire wheel, black. <laughs> Just seems yeah. a weird, weird design choice to be like, we're going to make sure you can definitely see it's got a wheel. <laughs> Are you sure there's a wheel here? Oh. Yes. It's probably something to do with like the way shadows work in desert and stuff like that. So there probably must be some science behind it. I thought it was just like Sergeant Major just got reannoyed really with somebody and made him paint all the tires as a punishment. Yeah, paint oh, tires. Harsh, wouldn't it? Well, what did you do? Right. So, okay. APC stowage, nine yep. pounds, comes with uh, twenty pieces of APC stowage, five passenger-fired machine guns. That's the ones. Yep. yep. For use with the M3 half track. Now that's the little because the the M the machine guns on the M3 have a little um, pintle not pintle mount ball mount like a tank on the on, on that goes through the front glacius. Uh, oh okay, yep. M113 exhausts, which is your dangly. Yes, you're up and over. Asbestos sock, yep. Asbestos sock. Best they go to the. Infantry section because that's where the APCs are. Infantry man looks things up on internet. M3 platoon, yep. 35 pounds, five M3s, contains five plastic M3A half tracks. But oh, okay, so this is contains five plastic M3 half tracks, five plastic half track sprues. But it says in the picture. It contains five M3 half tracks plastic and five optional 20 millimeter guns. Oh, okay. Maybe it does come in those. So it also says optional APC stowage, AIS 672, shown on vehicles. So the picture they've got has got the stowage stuck on it. Yeah, they've got the little backpack racks on the um, rear of the. It looks really cool. They do look cool. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. So my, well, <laughs> you know, depending on how accurate the listing is, my gut says the guns come with the tank, the, with the half tracks. Half tracks. And okay. To be honest, if you're getting one, you'll get the other. Uh, you'll want some of those upgrade packs I, anyway. I play, because the storage looks awesome. It, make, yeah. it makes them look proper, so yeah. So then that way you won't, you'll definitely get the bits you need. So he wants to play some Fate of a Nation then. Otherwise, Lee will buy them for you. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, actual experience may differ. <laughs> oh, I want to play Fate of a Nation. I, I definitely do. Oh my god. Well, my Thunderbolt company's still sitting there, waiting to be rolled out. The full blob. Yeah, I need to actually finish a bloody force. I might, it might have six um, BM21s by the time it um, comes out again. Yeah. All right. I don't, we... don't need my Iranians now. Sorry. Sorry. Right, and... um... Sorry. Not officer answers. Yeah, officer answers. That's what. Yeah. Yep. From our Facebook page. So if you guys haven't seen this, then go like, follow our Breakthrough Assault Facebook page, um, which will get lots of updates from everybody, and then we will add uh, questions, a post for you guys to ask your questions, and we will answer them the best slash worst way that we can. Um, there is only one way. There is only one way, and that is the shoot and scoop. This, this is the way. 
this is the this is the way have you guys finished that yet yep i have yes i have yeah i, I understand popular culture now yay <laughs> it's so good i'm gonna start watching it again are you yeah <laughs> just i think tomorrow i might just put that on in the background and just sit and do some painting said that real life doesn't exist um so questions mike everest asks Having seen the art for a potential Operation Sea Line that Battlefront never got around to doing, which is in the Art of War book, which looks amazing, um, if there ever was a counterfactual... Oh, I love that term, counterfactual. Is that like fake news? Uh, well, no, like, yeah, it's like Team Yankee. Team Yankee is counterfactual, isn't it? Is it? Well, it's made up. The facts, the facts are these things never fault, but counterfactual is against the facts. Um, if there ever was a counterfactual sea line source book released, what interesting 1940s and 1941 units would you like to see? Oh, um, isn't there a weird like wheelie thing that the British had, like a Catherine wheel almost? Oh, no, that was for D-Day. Was it? I thought they had them for, they were going to roll them down the beaches at, at, no, that was for at Hun. Beaches. Are you sure? Yes. I thought he that was the early version of projectile launching a deck cord. I'm gonna look it up. Oh god. Yeah, no, the idea was you you wrapped deck cord around the middle of it, set this thing off. Oh no, it, or did it have a charge in the middle? I think it actually had a charge in the middle. It was it was explosive clearing device, basically, I think. But they could never get the rockets to fire on both the wheels yeah. so it always went one way or another in quite a dangerous fashion are, yeah, you, looking, are you looking it up me no oh. i'm looking things up i'm just i'm just spouting we'll, things we'll, we'll put a link up if we find it yeah I mean, one, of the, one of the things that are quite fancy would be the it would be like their um panzer freeze and panzer force with the snorkels as they had like the sort <laughs> of equivalent of dd tank did they do that, they, they, do they, that? they you they, they made them for sea line, they used them for some river crossings in the eastern front. They really? did actually get, they did actually get used. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, that's better than the the idea they had of the mouses. Mooses. Yeah, where one one tank. Yeah, basically you, you collect the tanks up, and one tank stays on shore. Oh and yeah. Jumpily powers electrically electro driven. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Now. Port had a big thing about it. They had no copper, and um, yeah, it was. The idea was it dry, you power the other tank under the water as it goes across, and then you switch over, and that one then drives it across with, the other. With an umbilical, like, can you imagine being in a mouse driving under a river? <laughs> um, no, because that sounds absolutely terrifying. Because <laughs> how would he get out the other side? Well, it just dries up the slope, obviously. Really? Just that, is that, you know, is that I like to imagine the mouse, the mouse would go into the river. And then hit the other bank and then just start digging its own canal. Yeah, just <laughs> grinding through. Just yeah. grinding through. Not actually coming up, just stays at that level. Herman, we have hit the breach. So, <laughs> um, in answer to Mike's question, I would love to see Pickett Hamilton Forts, um, which are the craziest thing of um, their airfield defense bunkers. But they're pop-up turrets. Oh yes, I, I see. Okay. Yes, it's so, a working one somewhere, isn't there? Yeah, there's a working one at the Lashington Air Warfare Air Warfare Museum, uh, which is at 
it's not lashing and it's called it's got another name ah should know this why don't i know this yeah but it's, it's, it's the age-old problem how do you get defenses in the airfield without actually stopping it getting the way of actually it being an airfield so these little bunkers drop in to the ground so the planes can still go across them and taxi across them yeah so it's flushed the ground and then um head corn there you go oh and it was just hydraulically risen up if they need to use it I and mean, then it'd be a machine gun bunker do you do you think they'd actually ever do that as in battlefront would ever do a sea lion i think they'd get around to it i think if they did early war it'd be an obvious thing to yeah sh- it'd be the new early war rather than the re-release hmm. um, oh, yeah. Be interesting. So, yeah pop up and have a bring gun team inside um, the reason I've got a big fascination with them is there's actually one still in place at Kenley. Um, so, obviously, Kenley being about the Britain airfield, still it's still there in the ground. Um, and about, I want to say, 25 years ago, they went down and they put an air compressor into the into the cylinder. Into the they got a big aircraft jack in the middle of them to lift the top of the bunker up, and they they managed to pump this thing up. As, as part of a display demonstration day, they went, "Yeah, cool. Look at this. It's amazing." And they said, "Cool. Can we, can we put it down now because we want to start flying again?" And you just put a massive lump of you know, concrete in out in, in the designated landing area. They went, "Yeah, sure." They opened the valve, and the thing just stayed where it was. <laughs> and they were like, "Uh, well, okay. Well, that's a bit of a problem." So trying to figure out how to get it into the ground without destroying it or damaging it too much. Um. And then eventually one of the other guys who was a friend of the person who did it says, well, I've, I've got a, 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 a 432 armor personnel carrier. And they built a ramp of dirt up to the top of the thing and basically just drove the tank onto it and stopped and let the weight of it just gradually push the turret back into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I thought was quite cool. And then uh, it wasn't only, it was only about six months ago that I realized that every time I've Taking an airplane out from work at uh, Shoreham, there's one on the corner of the taxiway there still. Really, I, I didn't know there was one at Shoreham still. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's literally in a, it's in a little corner as you come out from um, the main apron. It's just on the corner. It looks because they're, they're just a circular concrete within the floor with a yeah. little a hatch on. Um, so you, you th- yeah, it could be. There's lots of things like that, such as underground tanks and things that you know, fuel tanks and stuff like that. But this one's actually one that's still just sat there. It wasn't until I was in, on the Google page earlier. I was like, "Oh, holy moly!" And then I went past and looked at it. Yep, yeah, that's definitely got the same design hatch as the one at Kenley. So uh, yeah, there you go. Um, I do know that Warlord Games make one in twenty-eight mil, which I think is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, there's a surprising number of defenses. There's quite a few good. Um, was it? Was it the then and now books that Wild Man had, which they update periodically, which is, you know, they take pictures of the, they take period pictures from the Second World War, and then they go and photograph what's left now kind of thing. That's a good way to find out what's interesting in your area, and especially in um, the south of England. There's tons of stuff down here. So growing up in, sorry. No, I was going to say, um, just the other thing that that reminded me is my, my family's from Guernsey, and so I've been back oh. a few times, and they've got incredible defences there so that would be cool to do something on the if they ever did decide to take the islands rather than you know essentially bypass them on D-Day yeah did, did you know that 8% of all the concrete on the Atlantic wall was in Guernsey what 
There you go. There's a stat for you. Is that why the island's slowly sinking? Because there's so much concrete on it? Pro- probably, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, uh, unlike Adolf, you know, he kind of got obsessed with fortifying the islands. I don't know, you know. He's never done that kind of thing before. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can tell this story, but <laughs> oh, oh, not another oh, list. I can't. I can't. We've got the Lloyds. The Lloyds brothers owned the little island. Is it Sark? Well, it's Sark and Alderney. Yeah, we've got Sark, which is a big no-fly zone because they've got no cars on the island. And right next to that, Lloyd brothers have this massive Bond villain mansion. Um island and it's got helipads and recessed hangers and things all over it and it's a proper you know proper bond if you're a bond villain that's what you expect to have um and we had an exemption to fly through it for work only that particular day the system we had to do rather than fly through it once we had to go through it six times to to get the value that we needed to check and on the sixth time, obviously, someone looked out the window and go, who's this, you know, not having, used to not having any aeroplanes going past, seeing the same one go past six times. We got a very curt radio, you know, radio call um, saying for us to cease operations immediately. <laughs> we being tracked by radar-guided weapons at that point. Well, no, at that point, I think they just got pissed off with the guy flying over the head and repeatedly, like six times in a row, and phoned up their, their you know, phoned up the, the island and said, who are these not? Who are these nutters? Can we stop them flying, please? They're annoying my Sunday afternoon. Which <laughs> is fair enough. You know, it's fair enough. If you're on an island, I mean, yeah, on. you you've got that much kind of money, you know. Not when us flying over your head, angry wasps. There you go. Right. Cease operations immediately. Let us know what you want to do. And we were like, um, can can we land? And they were like, yeah. sure. Do you have do you have tea? Landed, <laughs> had some biscuits, picked up from duty free. Stat, standard, no, yeah. Standard. Um, yeah. So, pop-up bunkers to defend against <coughs> gliders. Oh, God. Bloody gliders. It would have been. Nearly made it. Nearly made it through. Well, not really, because we, we talked we talk about horses earlier. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, we went German ones. I was counting that as a victory. <laughs> They're just so cool. I want to make an Evan Evil game. Just maybe without the war crimes. Um, yeah. I was watching a documentary on the landing at Evan Evil and I was like, yeah, it's a really cool, like, you know, start, you know, clinical military mission. Oh, you captured a load of French uh, artillerymen and then used them as a human shield to cross across the open ground. Uh... <laughs> this is fine. Uh... <laughs> it's, just, it's just like it's, it's, so, it's so like an airsoft game where you start hiding behind the players who are dead and using them as mobile bunkers. And it's like that's that's not quite how that works, boys. Not cricket. That's just not just not cricket. Oh, that you know. There's a it'd be cool to see some interesting bits and pieces like that. There's those interesting pictures as well. Of the um, is it the Dover defence artillery uh, AA guns? And they were oh, rehearsing. Cool. They were rehearsing a play when they got called out to go out man the guns. So there's a picture of all these guys dressed in dresses with um, stilted helmets on manning an anti-aircraft gun. That'll do it. That'll deter an invasion. Interesting diorama. Then you can get the big gliders as well, the Hulk Gigants, and have the uh, 
Yeah, the uh, twos they could carry. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that's something else. You got anything interesting that you'd want to see, Dunk? Uh, it's not really my period, in all honesty. Um, oh, it will be. Bicycle, a home guard, Mr. Mannering. You'll have some home guard. That'd be cool. Oh, they did that objective marker, didn't they? Mr. Man wedding. Did the, yeah, they did the butcher's van with the, the guys. Yeah, it goes to butchers. That'd oh. be cool. I think, I think it'd be... It, yeah, it's almost... I don't know. Yeah, it'd be quite interesting to have a reverse D-Day. Reverse D-Day. Yeah. All right. Uh, Darren Hart says, no question. He's just really happy and excited. Hashtag hockey really is life. Hashtag big in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boot. It's a boot. Yeah. Um, speaking about being big in Canada, Quinton Taylor, who is from Canada at the Edmonton Tactical War Games Club, um, says, I've never played Team Yankee, but as the fellow in the, cl- the fellas in the club like like it, blah, sorry, my teeth back in, as the fellas in the club like it, I've decided to build an army. My Czech T-72 company is almost completed, and it takes up far too much space in the display cabinet, which makes me ask two questions. One, how is it possible to enjoyably deploy such a large army on a 4x6 board? Yep. How is it possible? Um, oh, are we answering that first? Or are you going to answer the other question as well? Oh, okay. All right. And then two, will all the time and dollars sunk into a Czech army be worth it in terms of a relatively competitive list? Keep up the good work, gentlemen. And you too, Eddie. <laughs> oh, he wins. Because that's, ch- that's had me chuckling all week. <sighs> yes. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. And you, Eddie. <laughs> I have a fair, it's not a number. What? <laughs> just, just... <laughs> oh, Eddie, you make me laugh. Um, so I guess it's actually easier probably to take question two first. And the answer to question two is, uh, yes, it will. I think the Czechs are quite competitive because that's why I switched my T-72s from being Soviet T-72s to Czech ones because they <laughs> you don't really need the remount value when you're exploding. Um, so... <laughs> We need more friends. Yeah, with the enemy's hand, he cannot push the button. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we should wear you down with the bodies of our deceased. Um, but I think they're actually. I think they are a competitive list. I think that the that you will have a lot of stuff, and it won't be very good. I think the infantry, I've tried, and I don't think you need tons of it. Unlike you know the poles or the the Soviets do quite well because it's it just gets pinned and doesn't move. Is that why you went check then? Because they got the they don't they don't worry about the remount value. Because uh, yeah, the T seventy two becomes I think it becomes much more viable being checked than it does um, Soviet. <sighs> See, I went Polish just because I like the decals. Well, yeah, and you also get to be <laughs> you also get to be uh, you know Warsaw Pact without actually being Warsaw Pact. Yeah, you're on our side, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let's say that right now. Um, but no, I think that they, they are a good list, and I think that the support options you have, the Dana, is is fantastic. Oh, yes. Well, that's amazing. If you're, if you're doing checks and you haven't maximised your artillery, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure on the RM 
no, RM70s, aren't they? The rocket launchers. I'm not sure about those. Um, if you haven't checked the box for Diana's, <laughs> oh god. But um, I think I think they'll do. I think they'll do you proud in a, in a competitive environment. They they trying to make them look nice while they do it in a competitive environment is going to be tricky. I think because you do end up with a lot of stuff, and there is a, a propensity to have it wheel to wheel, unfortunately, to maximise shots and things. But um, you know, that's that's a competitive environment. That's the the nature of the beast. Well, that to me that comes back to, in a way, with horde armies, just acknowledging the fact that you're not going to get everything in line of sight. So once uh, you yeah. once you kind of stop pushing to get everything in you know for, for me when i play a horde army i'd much rather have it in a reasonable formation on the board in terms of spacing and be a little bit more forgiving with okay that tank there okay he doesn't quite have a hundred percent what you'd expect from line of sight but okay we'll let him have a shot because you've spread them out in a reasonable formation so rather, yeah rather, so rather than go up. no no yeah. no you must have them track to track as the letter of the rules to maximise your shooting. I see what you're saying. I, I think that's probably quite wise. I don't I don't think that would happen. You're in a tournament environment you you, you wouldn't find that, but that's fine. Like I said, that's that's the nature of the beast. Okay. Uh, but I think I think there's definitely some th- some things you can do and you don't necessarily need everything in line of sight. The other thing to remember is if you're in line of sight and shooting, you're in line of sight to be shot. Yeah. So um and those guys probably aren't going to hang around as well as um you know other Warsaw pack forces so uh yeah you might not necessarily want them all shooting so be sneaky get on their flanks get everything around them in a big u-shaped curve of death and then yeah yeah and, and you've got you know cheap hinds and things like that as well the hinds are only i think five points each for each <laughs> helicopter i think it's five it might be five for two. I can't remember now off the top of my head, but it's not. It's not a lot. So yeah, you you will get plenty of bits. Uh, I think the the I, I you could get sucked into doing a lot of um, T55s, but I think that might be a trap because you will just end up. Well, I just think you end up blocking yourself off at that point. I think actually you could have some smaller T55 units you can just throw away almost. Yeah, and T55 isn't that great either because it's slow fire and that kind of thing. Was it T72? Yeah. Is you know T two two M is still pretty good for its points. You know its its armor okay isn't great, but it's still got a twenty one you know eight tank twenty one gun, brutal no stabilizers, that kind of stuff. You got that rate of fire one doesn't matter when you've got you know a whole bazillion of them going out with it. Exactly, I I I think they're a good list. I think mind you, I don't don't think there's a particularly weak well. There, um, I think the Australians might be the, the exception, but I don't think there's a particularly weak um, Team Yankee force. I think you can you can build a strong force out of most stuff. So going on to his first question then, how is it possible to enjoyably deploy such a large army on a 6x4 board? Or interestingly, he's written 4x6 board, which may be a Canadian way of writing board sizes. Hmm. Well, width, but yeah, width and then breadth, maybe. 4x6, yeah. Or length and breadth, yeah. Um, well, no, no, it might be a very specifically thinking how you do something sort of like a no retreat where you're actually having to go that way down the board. Oh god, okay, yeah. So you're, be, you're being concentrated in a narrower, narrower space. I, I, you're going to have to accept the fact that you're going to cover that whole frontage. I think, but that's not a bad thing. So you're just going to have to pin people down. 
you just have to accept you can't and i don't think you need to you you might be better off actually having a mobile reserve because of the speed in team yankee and actually you know probing everywhere to see where's weak and then when you find a crack actually throwing that reserve unit through it might work quite well in that mm. because you you have got the, the the capacity to attack everywhere and have some stuff left over so i mean if you're playing a timed game you know you can actually focus on the the bits that you're doing you know actually um fighting with while your reserve just nicely sits there ready to exploit and then you know you can move pretty fast in team yankee with dashes and stuff can't you yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a left field suggestion in in that if you're playing 100 points and you've got such a large army mm-hmm. then maybe four by six isn't the size you should be playing on uh yeah i think he's probably thinking in terms of again competitive play but yeah i think i think we've we've had 50 points to 75 point games and they've worked a lot better on a six by four yeah so if you're if you've got that and you're you know if you've got the space at a club then just play if you've got the lengthways missions play it on an eight by six we'll play this points you know so the missions themselves don't you know, describe a board length. And I think a lot of people fall into the trap with Team Yankee of looking at 4x6 as being the standard so it should work. And yeah, it will work, but it won't give you as good a game as a bigger board. He says. It's yeah. a stunned silence. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it depends what the environment is. Like, if we were playing on a... Um, Wednesday night down the um, down the dance saloon. I think we'd be looking, yeah, looking at fifty points. I think we played that with the checks, haven't we, Lee? British yeah. versus checks of fifty points, and it works well because you can get everything you need pretty much in that, and it, it's still not you know too much of a compromise. Not like if you're taking you know T80s for example. T80s at fifty points is going to be tricky. Yeah, I mean it's more it's more just reiterating the fact that I think you know from my point of view at least team yankee just needs bigger boards and once you've realized once you've kind of accepted that then everything becomes a lot more makes a lot more sense yeah don't limit yeah if you limit yourself by the the board you're going to play on then you need to limit yourself in terms of points you use yeah uh brent devos says a question from canic land again wow we are big in canada yeah uh when choosing self-propelled artillery for a late war Canadian army, would you prefer to play priests or sextons? I, I, know, I know what Lee's answer is going to be. I don't know what mine is. I'm, I'm going to say sextons. Yep. Because the sexton is based upon the grizzly chassis. Yes. Well, which yeah. Is I think, made yeah. in Canada, as opposed to the pre chassis, which is made from Sherman's, which is made in you know that other country to the south of you. <laughs> what Brazil? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I could correctly, the sexton costs about the same as twenty-five pound a battery, doesn't it, with a card? So, I think it's slightly more points effective, and five power four is still good enough. And you, I, yeah, yeah. It's there for suppression mainly, anyways. Well, I'm 100% with you. I'd go sexton all day, every day. I think it's more efficient. Also, it's got hasn't it got a rate of five two direct fire if you do need it to, rather than one. Always handy. Yep. Yeah. Because it's 25 power. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is, it's not a massive consideration, but I think I just think it's a bit more utilitarian. Well, it's, it's funny when the armored cars drive out. And you know, <laughs> oh, I'm hit on fours and I'm in terrains. Yeah. So I'm hit on fives, and you're like, yeah, well, I've got eight dice, and they go, what? Yeah. For this. <laughs> Honk. If I hit you, you won't be there for long. Um, Scott Atkinson asks. If we ever regain our freedom in this world, where in the world would you like to play some games? What venue slash tournaments? Pretend someone else is paying for it. Seychelles. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to go see the Malaysian factory, Lee? Oh, Hawaii. No, could do Hawaii. Do Pearl Harbor. That'd be awesome. But then you... The thing is, it's the irony of playing... Like, If you're playing a game, then you're, you're focused on what you're doing. So where you're doing it is kind of fairly relevant. You play me. I'm never focused on when we play the game. I'm always... <laughs> yeah, always. On your phone, walking around the room, talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I it'd, be, I'd be great to go to a big, a big tournament in the US, actually, like a, one of the big cons. I've never been to one of those, and I think it might be interesting. My... My dream thing would be to play in the office at Battlefront just so that we can bug Phil Yates every time we have the minor, smallest rules query. Phil, it's Tuesday. Can can gun splits today? (laughs) (laughs) And they'd just be like, guys, there's, there's, there's a discrepancy between my card and my book. Like, come on, guys, and just watch them just groan and be like, oh, shut up. Bill, if I read my bombardment uh, marker off the opponent's table, am I just being a grade-A dick or is it actually legitimate? (laughs) Phil, I'm thirsty. (laughs) 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 My water's all tepid. Can I have some ice cubes? Well, it'd just be funny to go around and, like, swap out the... uh... You know, my, my rushly painted models for the nice ones in the studio, and just start <laughs> just imagine opening up the games cases and be like, "Who painted these? These aren't yeah. the ones left." <laughs> <You just>, <laughs> <laughs> Alan, yeah, is it Alan? Yeah, uh, no, not Alan. Who am I thinking? Evan. Evan, thank you. Sorry, I had a momentary brain fart there. Yeah, Evan, going. Wait a minute. Yeah, is, <laughs> these aren't mine. Yeah, these are just these are, these models just dipped in Devlin um, non oil. What the hell is yeah. going on? <laughs> Eddie, <laughs> first <laughs> scampering out of there. Did he come in with two suitcases? <laughs> <laughs> the great battlefront front heist of twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, it'll <laughs> be on eBay the next day. <laughs> my, my wish backpack. <laughs> oh my god, that's so bad. Um, did you see the final update of that? By the way, no. Have um, they got, lit- got litigious? I hope so. People, people, so uh, wish have started. Was it Burning Empires artwork? Yeah. So someone in China has decided the Burning Empires PDF of the cover sheet of the the book cover uh, should be plastered over numerous different items of merchandise totally obviously illegally um so somebody in germany bought the backpack um, they actually bought it yeah yeah they bought oh, they bought no. the back with the burning empires thing and the zip goes straight through the wording of burning empires but not in a simple place it cuts the word empire in half 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I expect nothing less. So he bought this this pirated backpack, which got through immigration, you know, um, customs okay, and he arrived at his door for the money. Um, but then, in a stroke of genius, he said, "Oh, it's um, it's damaged, and uh, you know, it's, it's it's not the right one." And uh, Wish refunded his money. Really? Yep. <laughs> so the best oh part God. is the pirates don't even get any money for the for that sale. <laughs> so what you're saying is everyone should buy one. And then and then, uh, take and then claim, to get their money claim his damage. Okay. And then put them out of business. Okay. That seems that seems fair. That seems fair. If you're going to steal people's international intellectual property, then people should better steal your product. Using yeah. It. Your substandard product. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that they should monitor that. I guess about for uh, HQ and see if uh, there's people there's want not merch. Much you can do. There's not much you can do. No, no. Like, as in, people want legitimate merch. If they're going to buy a bootleg merch, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's my third side hustle is to start thinking about. Oh my god, Eddie! You have got more side hustles than than hustle. Yeah, I, well, that's always my problem. <laughs> Jeez. What I need to do is dig out some hustle, and I'll, I'll be a millionaire. <laughs> Um, top fan Vincent Jefferson from France says regarding war game and evolution slash adaptation to the new technology, Blood mm-hmm. Red Skies is going digital via Kickstarter uh, this weekend, which is literally this weekend because it went today. Yeah. Do you see Battlefront doing the same thing for their own games? Do you think it would be a good thing? I personally love the idea of Blood Red Skies digital, but I don't think it would work very well for a big game like Flames of War. Uh, someone's going to have to tell me what's going on because I don't know. Um, so, Warlord Games have got someone to make a digital version of Blood Red Skies. So what, the, like an actual game? A video game, yeah. So, Blood, so Blood Red made, Skies okay. is the. Um, yes, the World Air Two, Combat yeah. one. Yes, so they're making well, you, a computer game version. Do you, do you still have to go up to go down? Probably. you got to okay. get up to get down. George, George, George Michael rules here. Did he? <laughs> oh, dear. That's that's gonna be some interesting rules if he has. <laughs> so um, there've been several. I mean, it's the same as uh, what is it? Aeronautical Imperialis has got uh, adaptation, a digital adaptation as well. So right. there's a long history of turn-based video, turn-based war games being turned into turn-based video games. Okay. Um, the only one that's really successful, that I'm aware of, is Blood Bowl. Oh, okay, yeah. The Blood Bowl video game, which is literally the board game digitized, is the only yeah. one that really worked. But then again, they have done a real turn, a real time version as well. So you can do it turn based, like the actual board game. You know, I, you go, I go, or you can do it all at once, which I think would be absolute madness. I can't say that not carnage. Just... Yeah, but then Blood Bowl is carnage, so it kind of works. Mm, um, okay. I cannot see Battlefront doing the same thing. Uh, is this not just like what Mark plays? Like tabletop simulator. So, no, so tabletop simulator well, would be, but in a more refined. So tabletop simulator is a sandbox interface, so you can play any theoretically any kind of game because you manipulate the real world. You manipulate digital versions of the real world things. You have a digital tape measure. Oh god, that sounds hideous. Yeah, it. it I, oh. I, from what, from what, I, from my the word, digital tape measure. Just. Oh. 
Whereas a digital version would just be, you'd click on the unit and it would show you how far it would shoot, move. Because the Age of Empires or something like that and to be done. Well, that's it. the thing. So, Blood Red Skies, there is no, there's been a couple in the 90s, but there's been no real tactical turn-based aviation game. For Flames of War, real-time strategies, there's literally hundreds for a Second World War. Not for Flames of War. I, uh, okay. So I don't see I don't see what you know the Flames of War rule set works because you can you know the the mental lifting needed the computation needed to do it isn't overly onerous so you can do it in your head playing a game of miniatures. Whereas the benefit of the computation that a computer gives you would be kind of lost. Um, I'm try- struggling to get enthused by that. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't know why. I, don't, I, I mean, I'm struggling to get enthused by Blood Red Skies, to be honest. Uh, I can, I could, okay. I just don't. I don't know if, if it trans. I don't know if it would translate. I mean, ta- like the world of tank stuff. Obviously, that's you know fast paced and all that. I, I don't know. Is someone going to sit there and play that? It does. It feels like um. It does feel like Age of Empire to me. Like you know, you select a unit, you move it over here, you get it to shoot something over here. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the thing. And yeah, you're basically, you know. Are you just saying there's other? It, is it Steel Panthers? Look at me. Look at me. Oh, there's hundreds. Yeah, there's, there's close combat. Um, you know, there's the Iron uh, Tide of not Tide of Iron. Sexual. Is it Tide of Iron? Iron Sheik. <laughs> With a chair. Yeah. yeah, for what you wish for. Yeah, it's coming. Oh my gosh. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it would be an interesting thing if they did tip their toe into the digital world, but I don't. I, I don't think it's a massive white elephant. Um, okay. It's very hard to get the crossover to work. I'd just be concerned that you know it's just another thing for them. Like I'm always concerned with Warlord when they put something out. Oh, oh. God, Warlord's doing something new. Oh, is this the thing that's going to push them over the edge? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's been like that for a while. Oh God, John Stellar's decided to dip his toe into this. Oh, right, that's it. I had, Games to over, always. I had to plead with them not to do the bloody um, Doctor Who miniatures game. And they still did it. I know. Doctor Who miniatures war game. It's like in a in a thing where the main the main protagonist doesn't make war. He's got a screwdriver ready. Sonic, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I I can't see it. You know. I've had lots of had lots of ideas about how you can play the experience digitally. How you you know obviously with the whole COVID thing going on. Um, but I think uh, so much of the hobby is the actual model making and the fact that when you lose that you lose a lot of the soul of what you're doing uh, yeah I just don't know if it I just don't know if it translates yeah that's what I mean but you know good luck good luck to you warlord yeah we'll see <laughs> um, <laughs> top fan Jacob Hopkins says uh, well, as requested, I might have missed something in the current place. Working on some Canadians for Flames of War. Oh, good. 
What would you folks say are the pros and cons between running a rifle company or a motor rifle company? Well, if you run a rifle company, then they are used to being on their feet and they can probably run further. Whereas a motor company, you're probably oh, a bit cool. stodgy because they sat around the back of their trucks. Diddly, diddly, diddly. I'm here all week. Yeah, I'm, I'm here all three weeks. When um, when can we afford to get a soundboard so I can get the, the the trained monkey in the corner with the drum kit just going? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I thought I was the trained monkey in the corner. <laughs> yeah, but you, we need a soundboard. I'm getting furloughed for my podcast job. I don't like it. <laughs> we've replaced you. <laughs> we've, <laughs> yeah, we've outsourced you. Um, I went on Fiverr and got someone. Don't worry. Oh, jeez. They're a fully tra- uh, qualified podcaster, though, apparently. No, they're yeah, not. Uber podcasters. They just yeah. Here. Your podcaster will be with you in 20 minutes. Um, pros and cons. So uh, the rifle company's Rifle MG has bigger platoons. Yep. Uh, motor company is MG stands, so they don't, you get your extra point of rifle mm-hmm. Um But, but obviously smaller. you're smaller because you have... You know, to, you had to fit in the trucks or the, the half trucks. Um, and obviously, your motor company has access to actually buy the half trucks as, mm. the, as the card, whereas your rifle company has to take trucks, which are a death trap. Uh, yeah, but do you need, you don't need to take the trucks. It's, it's you, you, you just run. Just run. Yeah, you just run across the board. But the motor company, the motor company in half tracks can give them an element of survivability when the board is covered by MG fire. So, what the the Canadian car gives you relentless. So, it gives you three plus. I think is it morale or rally? One or the other. Other energy drinks are available. Other what now? Energy drinks. Oh, it gives you monster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it gives you a three plus. I'm not sure if it's rally or morale, but it's one or the other. But I, I would go. I would almost always go rifle company over motor rifle. Just always see the rest of carries alone makes it worthwhile. Just yeah, and and, and just yeah, you're giving up one point of shooting, but you've got more stands. And if you're a three plus to not run away, then you're going to hang around a hell of a long time. I, I really like the rifle company. I don't know if it's coming across, but um, <laughs> for me, it for does... me, they are number one. My head, my head says rifle company. My heart says motor company. Um, because the motor, uh, simply because of the history I have with my little motor company platoon that I have with my Irish guards. The oh, the question will be: I tell you what, when which units can take the ram card? That uh, that'd be rifle. That'd be rifle guys can have rams and. Um... Armour trucks and stuff like that, yes. I was going to say, I see your, in that case, I see your M3 half-track, and I raise you a Sherman hull with a 50 cal. Okay. Uh, the car- kangaroo, is that what you mean? Uh, Ram kangaroo, no. yeah. Ram kangaroo. Oh, sorry, in D-Day, it's just a priest kangaroo, but yeah. um, as we get towards Ca- the next slide. Ca- yeah. Kangaroo transport, armoured transport made out of defrocked priests. That's the ones I've got for my 21st Highlanders, but... That is the rifle company. Yeah. And then later, well, certainly in version 3, they'll get access to um, the Ram Kangaroo, which is obviously the Sherman with a little... Someone looks like a Sherman with a little gun turret on the front of it. Um, <laughs> also, yeah. 
They also got like um, the Canadians had armored trucks as well. They used that might be that might be in their motor, but I can't remember that actually. Yeah, there's no no command card that affects the motor company, but there's plenty that upgrade rifle companies. They're not. Is the Canadian division just not? Uh, oh no, that's Sherman's and Recky. Sherman's I thought well. the. No, I'm sure there is one. I thought we did the motor ramp. Oh no, maybe I need to. Maybe it just does the rifles. Hmm. Sorry, that's my mistake then. I thought they did the. Uh, the motor rifles as well, but it doesn't look like it does. How odd. Okay. Yeah, I do rifles. Look at the actual formation between the two, because my brain is not that great. That's go away, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't the motor company get more um, six-pounders? It gets, yeah, it gets two, I believe, information, whereas a rifle only gets one information. But the rifle company has the four slots for universal carriers. Yes. Oh, yep. my fudge. Yep. If you've got things that universally need carrying. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to carry this universally? Well, the other thing to remember is that universal carriers can carry three stands of infantry if they need to. They can also have the HMGs and you turn them into little self-propelled artillery units at that point. You can also give them, give them 50 cows. Yep. Brrap. I really like the rifle unit. I don't know if it's coming across. The motor company now. There we go, motor company. So you've got three motor platoons. I mean, motor companies can have three universal carrier patrols. <laughs> three. Who do they think they are? Or brain gun teams. Yeah, so you, I mean, you've got the. You do have the advantage of having pinned right afar too. You've got half the amount of stands. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. How big is the rifle companies, though? The rifle platoons? I'll tell you right now. I think they're 11 stands from memory. Seven, eight, nine. Nine stands. Maybe it's more. Seven, bring Normal down. rifle platoon. Here we go. Uh, oh no, seven appear and a two inch mortar. So it's nine again. Do you, know when that will str- do you know when that will go against you? Never. In a city fight. Why? Because you can't all fit in the building. Uh, okay. Finding buildings that have enough to take nine stands. Whereas the motor company could quite easily fit inside one building. Motor okay. Company, there we go. Stands. I mean, I, I, I don't think, I don't think one's vastly superior to the other, but I'm my much more um, swaying towards the rifle company. Definitely. You got two two machine gun slots. Yeah, you Eight, only six want six information, anyone? Uh, yeah, but are you really struggling to get six pounders in? Yeah, but eight information. Uh yeah. Yeah that, yeah. Six one and a half dozen the other, isn't it really? It, it it is a little bit, yeah. I think it's just personal preference. I mean it depends how much how much grunt you really want in terms of boots on the ground. Really, the formations are fairly similar. I mean, in your truck, uh, just don't tr- don't take trucks. Just say no to trucks, kids. 
in a very specific scenario game, do not do not take trucks. Do not get in soft skin transports with strangers. Well, yeah, why are you paying a point to go slightly faster than if you walk? And then to have five stands die to one machine gun shot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's fine, it's fine. We're all the way over here. Oh, no, Stukas. <laughs> no, even Stukas. Oh, look. A stupid 222 armor car's come around the corner. Oh, and look, I've, everyone's dead. <laughs> one, oh, good. One beach bum and runs forward yeah. with rifle MGs. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I spent hours painting these up. They look lovely. Yeah, at point, the motor company doesn't have nice attack, but the rifle company does. Uh, okay. Yeah, I suppose yeah. It's, it's hard to night attack in a van. My dear, for how often you can do night attack, it's uh, yeah. yeah. a third, third Wednesday of every uh, full moon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had the option. Or I've never seen the. I think the only person who's ever night attacked against me is you, Lee. Yeah? Yeah, with the Paris. Well, yeah. Oh, the, oh yes. rifle, the rifle company can take a six gun platoon of six pounders. Yes, it gets more gets more guns in its platoon. Yeah. It gets more in its one platoon. So, oh, that's brutal. Put that in ambush. Hello! 12, 80, 11 shots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've got a pound of the four. That's sweet. Not anymore. You better send it to the Syrians. It's worth yeah. <laughs> yeah, bang for buck. The Syrians do it better. Uh, top fan, Bill White, asks, why didn't any of you have T-80s in you and whose army list last podcast? I said you'd complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Uh, <laughs> The T80s are a crutch. We're breaking you away from the T80 meta. (laughs) I think think the thing with the T80s is that there's nothing wrong with them at all. They're good, but I don't don't know if they wouldn't be my first thought. I'm not not very good with things that uh, you have to play well and are elite, and if you sneeze near them, they die. If you want an elite army, go play NATO. (laughs) Oh, shots fired. So I was good in T80s, but I decided to hind. I was on a hind thing and kick at them at precise time, so I bought dealers instead. Well, it's just more interesting. Um, your T80 list, though, is pretty much, you know, core T80s with... Some boopies. BMP-3 inf- um, infantry and yeah. some, yeah, recce and some anti-aircraft, yeah. It's, it's a list you could work, work with, that's for sure. It's a fine list, it's just... Does it fill you full of joy? Yes. All right. Fair, there you go. <laughs> if, it was, if it was Lee full of joy, a Duncan full of lead. Yeah, like me, a, me like full of strange feelings. Hardened Sabre rounds. Oh, my favourite kind of hardened, by the way. <laughs> I get cackle away while your Dutch just like uh, go, nothing's getting these things. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some more toes. But they're not working, sir. Crap in a waffle. <laughs> actually just just on toes i was reading something actually on the iranian stuff and um they reckon it was taking them 13 toes to kill one t55 i think they're doing something wrong oh no we've just missed right another one please head shoulders knees and toes knees and toes uh you know we can't get many of these you know we're struggling right now expensive. yeah don't worry about that. 
It's just trying to write his name in the rocket afterglow, like with the sparkler. I'll dig it out, actually, because it's quite interesting. They talk about the Iraqi stuff as well, about how many hot missiles and things they were firing to kill, you know, similar stuff. It was a lot more than I expected it to be. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Training need identified. <laughs> uh, Cameron John Acton Bartlett asks, what is your ideal Forschenjäger list? Core formation and support. Uh, so it starts off, you have a HQ. Oh, God. This is a glide. <laughs> <laughs> two more, two more uh, Lufthansa Strip Latoons in gliders. And a third are one. they Forsham Jaeger? Yeah, they are. Are they? Yes. Are they? You don't get, you don't get more Forsham Jaeger than uh, Lufthansa Strip. What other the, than normal Forsham Jaeger? The elite Forsham Jaeger. The elite of the elite. Okay. Well, what, what about late war? Late war's where it's at. Well, it's the same thing. It's just you fly your glider into the side of a building, trying to land supplies into the middle of Hungary. <laughs> you don't do that either. It's a very unfortunate photograph. It's just. Oh yeah, I've seen that. That was in Budapest, wasn't it? Budapest, yeah, yeah. Just he cocked up and ended up in the side of a freaking terraced house yep. on the third story. Poor guy. Well, so I, I think... suppose you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. What would you I put think... in your core? Yeah, what would you go for? Uh, me? I would just go lots of paras. They're, they're, they're hard. Well, they're hard, aren't they? They're just hard yeah. and unfriendly. I'd do the same yeah. and then regret it and then realise you had to put some other bits and pieces in there as well. Do you? <laughs> I think you can fall into the trap of going, I've got this large blob of really hard energy that's not going to die, but I've not got much to deal with the, the mobile tank assets and in version 4 if you're not careful you can get kind of corralled off of things uh, okay so you definitely you definitely need some you, you need some anvil to your hammer if that makes sense well I think you, the, the Fulsham Stug's a good bet from D-Day to include some of those as well because they're they're pretty handy so that's Honestly, the art unit I'd go with is 12 Falsham Stug Brigade, which is um, you know, Falsham Ager Stug Assault Gun Company. That's Ooh. the only Falsham Ager I want. Yeah. If it was you late with Falsham Jaeger, it's Falsham Jaeger on the back of King Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get those like the second rate Falsham Ager guys haven't done jump. I mean, yeah, no jump. Yeah, Falsham yeah, Jaeger by name only. <laughs> the only aeroplane they've seen is the Allied ones going overhead. Hmm. Uh, I, my biggest concern always with the Fulshimiega stuff in the D-Day books is that the, the cost, the, the tax, if you like, for the support units, because they tend to be really expensive to have. Like you know, yeah, you can have in in uh, information twelve centimeter mortars and stuff, and they pay for the fact that they are rated Fulshimiega and tough. Well, they don't die, and they can range in. Uh, yeah, but they also suck points out of a list that doesn't have many points. True. Which I, that's there, is, there is something when you play these elite lists, there is something nice. Well, I would say you just expect it to be nice that things work the way you think they should, but in reality, it just sucks more when they don't. <laughs> You're yeah, like, I, I mean, mean, threes, I'm rolling, I'm either rolling ones or sixes. It's like these yeah. guys could literally be, you know, Syrian conscripts, or uh, it doesn't yeah, matter how good they are, I'm rolling ones. Um, yeah, there's always an element of that, I think, with any elite army because you've got less shots. So 
that you need to make them count, and when they don't, it really hurts. But I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think you can get sucked into spending too many points weirdly in formation with the Fulshmjager, the actual, you know, infantry Fulshmjager, because, um, yeah, because of that tax. So you're actually better off sometimes looking at support options rather than in formation options. Okay. That's my opinion. Because I guess the core isn't going to run away anyway because of its ratings. Well, yeah, yeah, the core is the yeah. I, I would probably put. Mm, I've looked. At the, I think I looked at this before. I think three short platoons is just as good as two big ones, and okay. it obviously gives you another platoon that someone's got to kill. And you can bump up some of the numbers by including like an, an HMG, for example, for a point in the unit. And you can do my favourite trick of doing the. Um, I'm going to add two HMGs and then make them into pillboxes. Oh Jesus! But um, no, I, I think you can definitely do some stuff with the basic. If you're spending about mm, 60, 65 points on core in the portion area, that gives you enough points, I think, to then have a decent amount of support for them because they will need support. Yeah. yeah. But I like Lee's idea. I never thought about that. Just in the full shim stugs. Drop out a plane. Stephen Brew asks, when planning, building, or painting an army, what kind of sources do you use as a guide to give the units a historically correct look? Any Ooh. books or websites you can recommend? Uh, I just go with a Google image search on the first hand, and that usually takes me to various sites from there. And on various watch lists. Yeah, <laughs> for the units, yeah. Um, the- there was a great one for the boot stuff, which I think was based in Russia. Which, again, is probably... Oh, Jesus, this is not getting any better, is it? <laughs> um, let me try and find that, because that was really that was really interesting, because there are tons of stuff on captured... German, uh, you know, German reused capture stuff. Oh, Butte. Yeah, Butte. I thought you said the boots stuff. I was like, what what colour their shoes were? Like, yeah, yeah, boots are important. Oh, they are, you know. Oh, it's, it's, it's currently called... Bootpanzer.ru. Bootpanzer. And that's got lots of historical images of captured goodness. Not that you know, not that I've had a wander around. I have. Um, I think the mainline stuff is fairly easy to get hold of, isn't it? You know, if you want to paint a Sherman, you can find. I think a, a bit of historical research into units does never goes amiss. I love that bit. That's finding a unit and then recreating it on the tabletop. Still one of my. Still one of my jams. I, I, would, I would hasten to say, don't get stuck trying to make it perfect. Because you'll never find, you know, you'll find lots of conflicting sources about who was what and where. And, you know, some people are adamant that this unit would only ever do X, Y, or Z. And then in, in reality, there's a massive global war going on. So, you know, if you didn't have the right color paint and your green was ever so slightly off shade for whatever reason... It's not like you'd send it back to the factory. You'd use that thing. No, and there's some great... There are some good um, painting groups on Facebook, and you can ask the question, yeah. you know, and people are usually quite help, you know, quite um, friendly and helpful and pointing the right direction, especially if you're, you know, new or starting out in a in a particular area. Um, but, yeah, Lee, Lee's probably onto it. I usually do a bit of a Google. I have to say, the painting reference guide, Eddie got me onto it, the, we talked about earlier, the, the Colours of War stuff. It's very good. Just mm-hmm. to get a baseline. Um, 
you can't to get, get all the flow colors and, and work out that kind of stuff even if you then look at sources and tweak stuff but um i'm yeah. well impressed with my british uh the british armor and infantry paint set is that the flare one the new flare one the is yeah so it's in sponsored by you know in association with flames of war but it's just <laughs> it's so useful because on the back of that it even has the pictures of the um from the colors of war so it's like oh yeah the little plate yeah so it's just like sitting there going oh what color is it? oh yeah i did that oh i did use that kind of, you know, kind of thing so but my advice is whatever you decide upon make sure you write it down somewhere yes. i don't do that and i suffer for it need to my friend this is why i do a blog <laughs> yeah, it's like your own blog and write down what you did for each thing and then ironically forget that you have a blog telling you how you did it misremember it and then paint a whole unit using the wrong colors yeah, or find yeah, Mr. Stage when you're writing it down. Yes. Oh, is that what you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Write down what you what you what colours what base colours you use for what and um, what what wash you used as well. That's what I mess up on. So I sit there and go, oh, I think I gave that a you know a black wash, and actually I gave it a sepia. So you, you paint the whole model, it looks similar. Wash it, and then you go. Oh, actually, that's the wrong colour. Uh, it also depends what aesthetic you're going for. If you're looking for a complete uniform across the army, that's the way to go. If you're looking for, you know, hodgepodge and all, you know, bit bits. Uh, well, the paint, the paint that I've got is I'm revisiting, like this earlier war stuff, the flamethrowers are now on a small base, not integrated into a rifle stand. Yeah. So I'm going to have yeah. to try to remember. And, and um, the Panzerschrecks as well. So version three, you had two Panzerschreck teams on a large, on a medium base. Oh, instead of on a yeah, uh, yeah, they're on a small one now, aren't they? Yeah, so I'm going to, have to kind of carefully break them off, and during that process, I'm bound to do some damage, which means I need then need to remember how I base bases as well. Basing is the yeah, because the basing really is. Important. I would say that's probably more important. Yeah. So write down what you did for your bases. <laughs> what 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 colours is what for the shading for the dry brushing to get the layers and. Uh, Vickel Ong asks Team Yankee what do you guys feel about proxy armors Pro sorry proxy armies proxy oh as in like um, I'm using these as Italian these Italian figures but these are actually I'm using like the whatever it is Dutch yeah, rules if, if, yeah. if we have a favourable response any thoughts about building your own interesting nations like the Japanese South Korea and in brackets best Korea uh, <laughs> Egypt uh, Jordan, etc. Uh, I don't have a problem with proxies as long as what you see is broadly what you get. You know, as long as it's quite obvious what something's supposed to be. Yeah, the beauty yeah. of Team Yankee is at that point. A leopard they, one's a leopard one. Yeah. They've kind of done the weird and wonderful stuff as its own separate list, mostly. So a lot of the things you've got are nations who are using either other countries' kit or. A, a close simile of another the, nation's kit. The the lack of China is annoying because like the Type sixty nine was their knockoff of the uh, I mean their reimagining of the T fifty five. But um, but there is some like differences. <laughs> Can you order it from Wish and then say it's damaged? It, again? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> My Type sixty nine uh, doesn't doesn't appear to be a T fifty five. Could I could I send it yeah. back? Oh I, oh, I could. Oh, excellent. Oh, good. If you don't send it back, the postage would be horrendous. 
uh, yeah, I don't want to send it back. I want to keep it and not pay for it. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Damaged in transit. Yeah. Proxies are good, but the, 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 the... there's always that worry. And I'm, I'm not, I don't think I've seen it yet. Is the malicious proxy where someone is intentionally trying to muddy the waters. Okay. Here's, here's a question then. Okay. So I want to do my, my, Bits uh, um, MP, MLS, MLS, MLRS for my Iranians. So yeah. the footprint of those should be a BM21. One of them is going to be a Jeep. Should I make the footprint the same of the Jeep, the same as the BM21? For example. I, is a BM21 approximately a medium-sized base? I don't know. Yeah, let's say yes. Then I would probably base it, but base that one out of the entire unit. Yeah, or base the whole unit. Okay, no, I think that's that's the that's the question you have to ask yourself. Is I know you're probably not doing it for advantage, but you have to consider it. I think because that is something I have considered. Because one of them is going to be a much Jeep, which is tiny compared to a uh, a big old bear of a yeah truck with a rocket system on the back. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's the only thing I'd be careful of. Just consider the gaming mechanic and make sure you're not giving yourself an unfair advantage. But if you're playing, I mean, if you're playing around someone's house, it doesn't really matter. But you know, I, 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 a lot of the times you can do it if you're aware of what you've done. If you know that you know you're using a smaller unit, don't you know? Don't hide them behind a hedge that the actual unit couldn't hide behind. Yeah. Claim that oh, I'm too small. I'm out of line of sight. It's like. <sighs> You're not though. You're a BMP twenty one. You're you're bigger. <laughs> you are a large lorry. Yes, you're a large lorry, not a little jeep. Absolutely. So I think that Absolutely. yeah. And the, 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 yeah, oh, when we talked about that as well, the the Soviet Marine list and stuff, and using you know PT seventy sixes or BMP ones. That's all fine. It's all good. Uh, and it's like you know and. Um, like Lee said, like you're actually limiting yourself by then because you're paying for a missile that you're not using. Yeah. So that's again, that's fine. All good. I quite like the uh, like GI Joe and Cobra, like proxy armies. What using the new American funky tank? I can't remember what it's called now. No, no, like actual people who paint them, like you know GI Joe units. Oh, okay. Because it's like there's nothing. There's nothing quite like open, you know, buying a box of tanks. Making it and painting it lovingly, which devalues it anyway most of the time. Uh, but then doing the same thing, but guaranteeing that you can't sell it to anyone else. Yes. <laughs> well, that, most of those projects are a labour of love, aren't they? So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, it would be interesting to see. I, I think you've said it before, Lee. It would be interesting to see uh, Team Yankee expand eastwards. Yes, there's, there's a lot we can do with the Pacific um, fleet. Sorry, Pacific Theatre, as it were. Like, say, Korea's China. In general. Japan. Yeah. Japan. US forces in Korea. There's, there's lots going there. Well, the US are never over there. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Should we scoot and shoot? Because that is the end of an Officer Answers. Yeah. Really? Okay. So, another custom dice from Dice of War. And today's dice is the Imperial Eagle from 1.40k. A space marine? Uh, just, just, generic, just in generic Imperial Eagle. Oh, wow. yeah. are, are we the baddies? Yeah. 
Yeah. We're not, we're, we're not bad, right? If the universe was no goodies, I'll be the baddies, yes. <laughs> well, um, that could be anything, really, couldn't it? It could be space it, marines, it could be guard. It should be guard. Sure. Guard is five up. Let's roll and see what it is. Five up? No way. It's a two. There's not much <laughs> that, 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 that is, that is no imperial. No. <laughs> the custodes are struggling at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I I Primar- Primaris passed in the two. Oh yeah, what using their plot armor? Yeah, that's... Regal, yeah, yeah. We're we yeah we're so much better. It's all good. Don't worry. We're ready to get ready cross staves anymore. <laughs> the Armored Train Regular Podcast you've been listening to with Shoot and Scoot, the Blazer World Podcast, and the team of Breakthrough Assault in the UK. I was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies, Dice of War, and the Gates Workshop Legal Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they'd be more savage than the uh, case officer at DCHQ as well. Oh, yeah. Boots do. Das boots do. Das boots do. They're all assembled now. Boots do assemble. <laughs> it's like weird wish equivalent of Avengers Assemble, but it's one <laughs> <laughs> Boots, boots do assemble. <laughs>